morning and welcome to Elosa Pumar Takes. This is our 244th take live from the Alec Bradley Lone Star Studio of Azle, Texas. I'm your host, Bear Duplessis, as always, and I'm so proud, so pleased, and so privileged to be with you all tonight. This is going to be a fantastic show. A returning guest has come back, and it goes to show that if you do things right, good things come back to you, and or something like that, some metaphor, some phrase. But I'm so excited to have this gentleman back. I was so excited to have him on the first time last year. And for him to come back uh, a full year later and talk about some of the exciting things that are going on with his cigars and in his life, I'm so excited to have him uh, back. But before we get to formal introductions, we do have to thank the people that this make this show possible. That, of course, is our sponsors. Tonight's show is sponsored by, of course, Drew Estate. Drew Estate has announced its innovative new concept, the Acid Kubariety 3-Pack. Yes, Say goodbye to the days of being having to choose between non-traditional cigars like acids from Drew Estate and traditional cigars like the Undercrown Shade. Drew Estate is now bringing them and combining the tech. Yes, that's right. Acid Cigars Kubriti three packs at a, they showcase were at the Total Product Expo in Las Vegas just a last week, and they specifically were designed to be broken. Uh, broaden and break down the palates of acid cigar smokers and enthusiasts as well as traditional fans as well of the Drew Estate portfolio. The Cooper ID 3-packs fe uh, feature uh, on-the-go consumers with a tremendous amount of value for the price of two acid Cuba Cubas. Yep, just two acid Cuba Cubas. Purchasers can receive three cigars but, <laughs> wait, there's more, a free Undercrown Shade cigar included in the pack as well. Uh, so the Acid Cube Variety Pack features four cigars, one traditional, three non-traditional. The specifically selected cigars inside the Cube Variety Three Packs are all Robustos 5x54. And they're packaged inside a resealable fresh pack with a Boveda humidification system so that they're great for on-the-go consumption. So check them out wherever acids are sold for Drew Estate. Check out your Drew Diplomat retailers as well. They should have your Acid Cube Variety packs on the shelf in no time so uh check it out acid cube variety three acid cuba cubas one undercrown shade one convenient package check it out today and welcome everyone this is our 244th take yeah i've done 244 of these and it's not going to stop anytime soon we've got some great shows uh planned out for you and a great show tonight so without further ado sponsored by united cigars smoke one today and start living united tonight's guest is howard gums jr of howard g cigars howard how are you doing my friend i am absolutely fantastic and that introduction has me fired up bro i just feel it running through the veins when you like this is daylight savings time and <laughs> It's already late, like, you know, it's already late on the East Coast for you. I mean, I had, you know, I'm drinking coffee. It's fucking nine o'clock at night. I mean, we got to We got to We got We got to get fired up, man. We got to do, do it. <laughs> well, welcome back, Howard. Thank you so much for joining me tonight. I'm I'm so blessed to have you back and uh, special shout out to to Rachel for putting this together for us again. Uh, she's uh, she's always the she's the queen of logistics, man, making sure that uh, we uh, didn't interfere with your very, very busy schedule. So thank you so much for uh, for uh, for making some time. And thanks to Rachel. Thank you so, for having me. Absolutely. So um, first order of the day, um, I thought I thought I'd, we'd go ahead and pick my cigar. Uh, we're going to talk about this cigar in particular in a few minutes because it was very special to me this year. And you know that for sure. But I have. Uh, and but you get to choose always, so I know uh, I'm really excited to have these uh, the choice of these. So I have a course, uh, Howard G. Uh, Magic Stick Cameroon, a Howard G. Black Moses Habano, 
the, the orange footband. And then I also have a Howard G. Black Moses Madura with the red band. So what cigar am I smoking tonight, Howard? Well, in honor of your son, I think you should go with the magic stick. <laughs> <laughs> Got a great story to tell. Absolutely. I'm going to do it. And, uh, well, and this cigar was very special to me as well. Uh, as you know, uh, the number four cigar of the year for El Supumar takes. I was, uh, as you know, from your, our interview and our time last year, uh, this cigar absolutely blew me away from the first time I smoked it. And I've enjoyed it so much going back to it and clearly have gone back to it quite a bit. So uh, it's a great cigar. So, um, so that being said, I've had quite a few of them. So here's the backstory in honor of our, you said in honor of my son. So here it is. Um, so I'm, I'm in the other room just a few minutes ago and I'm saying goodnight to my kids and my seven-year-old is like, Hey, dad, who are you having on the show tonight? I said, oh, it's a gentleman named Howard Gums Jr. He's like, who's that? And I said, oh, I said, well, he's, a, he, you know, he, uh, he owns uh, Howard G cigars. And he's like, Hmm, magic stick. It's like all sorts of authoritation. Of course, my my son can't even say the word cigars. He says gagars. I've said this before. He's like, yeah, magic stick. And I do a double take. My wife does a table take. She has no idea the context of this, but she just thought it sounded funny. She's like, what? And I said, wait, hold on. Just give me a second. <laughs> and he says, I said, wait, how did you, how do you know about magic? So he's like, you have a book, box of his gagars in your office. And I was like, Oh my gosh. So my son's got a wicked memory. We talked about this before we went live. It's just unbelievable. It's crazy. That so he has no idea what anything is, but he associated your your cigar brand with with uh with the cigar, the magic stick camera. And so <laughs> good times. Good times. So um I know this is typically this is typically the cigar you end the day with. What what are you smoking up though right now? Well currently right now I'm smoking the Black Moses Bronco. I thought that's what it looked like. So I know we um last time we did um the podcast with you, it was pretty much the original line that mm -hmm. we had. And so, you know, we've had four new um releases since then, which I have here next right. to me to, to show you as well. So I figured yeah. I would light up one of those right now. Perfect. Yeah, we're gonna go into that here and just in some short order and everything. So so uh before that, kind of, uh, I do. You know, we were talking a little bit about football before the show, but I mean, how about how about your Orlando Magic last night, man? OT victory over the Miami Heat. That's got to be a huge win for y'all. Man, literally, that was a great win. Um, we just we recently lost to them a few weeks back, so this was the last um, time we were going to see them in Orlando. So it, it felt good to actually get a victory in overtime because last time the game went into overtime. And then Jimmy Butler took over. And uh, last night, the Magic was up by 10, about two minutes and a half left. And Jimmy Butler took over again and tied the game. The guy looked like he was literally Michael Jordan's son and uh, sent that game in overtime. But luckily, the Magic was able to pull it out. So we, we, end, we ended the, the uh, last season game against Miami uh, on a positive note. And I think we got maybe six home games left after that. And uh, hopefully we'll see. I don't think they'll make the playoffs, but hopefully they can end the year off strong for us. Now, I've actually heard that conspiracy theory, like that just randomly, like like him having a great game. Like, oh, man, he played like MJ. I've heard that conspiracy theory that he's like he is 
literally like MJ's like illegitimate son or something. Like, have you heard this rumor? Oh, tons of times. Oh yeah. It, I have to say like when they did, I, I was, I've heard it a couple of times and I've just kind of like blown it off, whatever. And then I, of course I'm stor- scrolling through social media. And of course, what do people do? They post a picture of the two side by side and I'm like, Oh man. Oh, uh, I was like, Oh dude, that, that's scary. Uh, that's absolutely scary. Um, that's crazy, man. That's crazy. Um, it's probably, I mean, it's complete horseshit, but I mean, it's still funny. It's still funny to see, man. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, what's, uh, how, I mean, how are they, I mean, how are they playing, uh, your magic, uh, this year? Have you, have you enjoyed, I know I've seen some, you've seen some pretty good games. They've played, they've played some good teams really tough all season. I'll tell you this, man. One of the shocking things is kind of mind-boggling is the Magic will show up for good teams and somehow beat them. And then teams that you expect for them to just run all over, they'll turn around and lose or get beat bad by them. And so, I mean, they they beat Golden State this year, you know. That was a huge victory for them. Um, And they've beaten a lot of quality teams. You know, they've beaten the, the, uh, the Sixers this year and stuff like that. So, the CM, I, I believe that that they have the upside. That new talent they got with uh, Paola uh, Bancaro, uh, that that kid is like a female. When you look at him, you know, eighteen years old with a man body. Uh, I think um, he's definitely going to win Rookie of the Year, hands down. And um, but hopefully they can add some more pieces and just get able to gel the right way. And I think they should be, you know, be able to make at least a playoff push, hopefully, for next season. Do you think they have a chance at 40 wins this season? I mean, they're at, they're like 28 right now. That means 12 more games. No, there, there, there's no chance to get 40. And they're, they're at 28, you said? Yeah, 28. Yeah, and I, I know there's, what, 15 games left, maybe? Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's a little bit of a stretch. I didn't even do the math on that because they're there. I saw they had 28 wins. I didn't see how many losses they had. Yeah, there's, there's there's about seven home games left, I believe. So there's 15 games total. Yeah. So let's say I wouldn't bet my money on that one. They would have to pretty much be perfect. Uh, I mean, yeah, I guess it's 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 possible, but obviously not not probable and everything. So, um, yeah, I remember you were talking about how they played t- played tough against big good teams. I know they played they played my Celtics pretty good this season too. Um, but it reminds me of my alma mater. I, I swear to God, they uh, uh, TCU football when I was growing up. They had a great season this year, obviously. But when uh, um, first for a run there in the in the late uh, the late aughts, um, they were <laughs> they were they were notorious for that. They would they would uh, go out. They they beat OU when Adrian Peterson was there. Mm-hmm. I won a lot of money on that game just because I took a flyer on TCU. I was like, I was getting such good odds. I was like, okay, I'll, like I'll bet on my home team just once, and it worked out really well for me. Um, but <laughs> but uh, but then they they came and lost to they, that season. They lost to our bitter rival. Um, it was an atrocious team. That team won two games all season long, and one of them was us. It was ridiculous. It's ridiculous. So, but they're they're notorious for that. Um, also, randomly, Kansas, not Kansas State, Kansas, always, always, yeah, the Jayhawk in football, mind you, not basketball. Yeah, uh, we'll always play my, we'll always play TCU tough. Like it'll always be like a close score. It's crazy. I'm like, they haven't had a good football team since I don't know the 1930s. 
Like, yeah. why are like, what are we doing? But yeah, we always we always blame tough. It's crazy. So that's I mean that's that's got to be fun because I know you're a season ticket holder, so you get to see some great them play against some great players. But that's also got to be frustrating too. It really is. I mean, not being able to close. There's a lot of games that they, the game, the, the Magic have the game in hand. It's right where you want it. They might have a five-point lead, four-point lead. You get down under three three minutes, you know, the guys are, your, your center is jacking up threes. So if your center is jacking up threes, who's going to get the rebound if you, if, you, if you miss the shot? And so I just think it's like um, younger players not – being able to control the game or understand how to control the game in the last few minutes. You have a five-point lead, get a high percentage shot. Go for a shot that drive it to the basket, do something towards the rim, get a possibility for a shot to make it or or to get a foul and go to the free throw line, not just jack up a three with your center. And, and those are the things that made me go bald, as you can see right here, I'm bald, because I can't keep any hair. Because of things like that. So, but uh, like I said, with time, with maturity and age, I think they'll be able to gel together, get the right pieces, and be able to make a playoff push for us. Hopefully, the next, hopefully for next season. Do you like Do you like Mosley as a coach? No. Okay. He's from the Mavericks, so he was a Rick Clark Carlisle guy. So I give an example. I give an example. So the best shooter on the Magic team was a guy by the name of Terrence Ross. Pure best shooter on the team. The guy didn't play for the last two months. No reason why he did not play. He just listed as a DNP coach's decision. So they release him. They let him go. The guy gets picked up by the Phoenix Suns. Now, Kevin Durant just recently got hurt, right? Again. Yeah. The guy last night has 25 points in 23 minutes. And he's like off of six three-point shots. Jesus. So you mean to tell me the best shooter that was on the Magic team? Best Clay, team? That's Clay Thompson numbers right there. Jesus. Yeah. And the guy's coming off the bench. Yeah. So, oh, my God. That's sick. Then with uh, Phoenix, he's already put up 20 points three times off the bench in limited minutes. But he, he can get no playing time with the Magic. It's just – I think the people come to Orlando – and they get their feet wet, and then they go somewhere else, and they become stars. The only the only one I would say that they came here, and they was the biggest star here, and then they dwindled when they left here was, was Dwight Howard. Oh, Dwight Howard. I was gonna I was I was gonna take it back further than that. I was gonna say Penny. Yeah. Well, well, well Penny. Well, Penny's issue is, um, you know, the I believe, you know, the most dominant player ever was was Shaquille O'Neal. So sure. you have this guy in the paint. Your opinion is able to play one-on-one against anybody because you're going to double-team the big fella next to the basket, not at the top of the key. And so now you're able to play one-on-one. He gets a deal with Nike. He has his little penny doll. He has his own shoe that got the one cent on the back. And at the end of the day, his, his head got bigger where he's thinking he was the man over Shaq. And so when Shaq left, you saw what happened. Right Now, now you got to drive to the hole yourself. You don't have – you're getting double-teamed at the top of the key. And now all of a sudden you get injured. Then you get injured, you don't never come back as the same player that you were before you got injured. Same thing was with uh, Grant Hill. He gets a major injury in Detroit. They sign him to a 90-something million dollar contract along with Tracy McGrady and Benjamin Orlando. He never really plays for the Magic. 
Yeah. And never was that same guy he was in there. Yeah. So I don't know if it's the curse of Disney World. They, <laughs> so I guess Disney, you know, they say that's the magic, the magical place on earth. Well, we need to get some magic to the Orlando magic. Because for a while they were called the Orlando tragic. And uh so, but hopefully, you know, we'll see if the, the tide turns. But hey, I live here. You know, I gotta have some type of support for the city I live in pay taxes in right right uh contribute to your to your own misery right <laughs> as a fan um i i do i do agree with you on dwight howard though that's an interesting that's an interesting observation man he was so god he was so much fun to watch when he was in orlando that was it wasn't quite the second coming of, i mean it was in a way but it, i mean he wasn't Shaq, but it was it was kind of like that um but so here's a here's an interesting question. Yes, okay. So I know he won a championship in Miami, but take that away. Take Shaq's championship in Miami away for a second. Okay. Because it's two different times in his career. Like he's like young versus you know just past just past the prime. I guess you could say. Would you take his career in Orlando or his career in Miami? His career in Orlando. Yeah, I was gonna say, like, I mean, he was I mean he was still pretty dominant in Miami, but like it was man. He was on the back nine in Miami, man. He was riding the coattails of Dwayne Wade. Yeah. He when when Shaq came into the league, he was an absolute force. And so I mean, well, I give that one of my closest friends, and he's my actually my all-time favorite magic player, very close friend of mine, is Nick Anderson. And so loved him. I have the most talks with Nick about basketball. We talk literally weekly about basketball and magic and the things, the way that things are going. And um, one of the things we always talk about is if that team could have stuck together, if, if Shaq wouldn't have went to, if Shaq wouldn't have went to the Lakers, how many championships you think the Magic would have, you know, got a chance to, to really to really have? Because at that time they've got. Those guys were young, you right. know. So a lot of times when you're young, you know, you have a lot of egos and things like that. Uh, but they had a nucleus that was pretty unstoppable. When you look at it, you had Penny at the point, you had Nick Anderson at, at the at the shooting guard, right? And then you had Dennis Scott, 3D at the small forward. You had Horace Grant, who had championship experience and pedigree from the Chicago Bulls. And then you also got then you have Shaq. At the center, and this was Shaq when he was like small. He was still big, but he was small. When he got to the, to the Lakers, he was bigger, bigger. Shaq. Yeah, he got he got bulky. Well, like like he was, he was ripped. Yeah, back, back then he was breaking the rim. I remember seeing him break the rim in in the middle of the game like four times. You were like just in awe, you know. But if that nucleus could have stayed together, that literally could have been a dynasty for Orlando. But I guess it wasn't it wasn't in the cards, you know. Yeah, I, I think he would have won two, if he had stayed with the Magic. I think he would have. I think that's a conservative number. I think that's a good number. I well, said the, I, they would have. I think they could have won. But well, here's the thing: it would have had to be. They would have won the times that he was winning with the Lakers. I think he would have won that then with the Magic, because I don't believe anybody was going to beat Michael Jordan while while Michael Jordan was actually still playing. That's 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 fair. In my mind, that's the pinnacle. Um, 
Yeah, those would have been those would have been fun because they probably would have made it to the the uh, the, the, the yeah the East Coast Finals. That would have been those would have been some fun series to to see to see MJ go up against him. Oh man, man, that what could have been right? What could have been right? <laughs> what could have been yeah. That's exciting. Um, well, I know we just got lost in, in some basketball history there, but uh, we do have some uh, so we have some cigars talk to, to get to, of course. And so uh, that, of course, brings us to tonight's major point, which is always brought to you by the folks at Protocol Cigars, Power of the P. Tonight's major point is brought to you by the people. Yes, cigar people, the people who know everything about a lifetime of service. Protocol Cigars is more than just pool parties and good times. Well, maybe it is. But behind the fun is a motivation for service, a motivation for giving back. From the original Protocol Blue to the latest release in the Lawman series, Phoebe Cousins, Protocol has always been about honor, passion, and yes, the people. It's what their life's work has been and always will be about. Power of the P, Protocol Cigars. Now, we do have a little bit more, uh, uh, I guess, personal uh updates for you uh coming later in the show but let's dive into the cigar component here uh lit up the uh, the magic stick cameroon of course which was my number four cigar of the year this year um um howard i have to tell you i i absolutely i love this cigar i love how you know every time i hand it to somebody they also love it too it's just a it's just a fantastic smoke it like i said uh when I told the story to you last time, when I first lit the cigar, it just blew me away in a way, like just really surprising, very unique flavor characteristics. Love it. I've enjoyed it every single time. And it just, uh, it's been a fantastic cigar. I've, I've just, I know you're proud of it. I know it's the cigar you end every day with, but uh, just wanted to congratulate you. And uh, number four cigar of the year, man. It's fantastic. It means a lot, man. We appreciate you. You're definitely excited, you know, for people to get a chance to try it, put a lot of uh, work into it and passion. And so to, to hear uh, from, you know, the fellow cigar connoisseurs to give us, you know, the nod or the tip of the hat to that, it just means a lot to us. So we definitely appreciate it of that. Yeah, I, I did my best. I tried selling. I tried selling it to some of my uh, some of my retail friends at PCA last year. So I, I I got I know I got some nibbles for you. I don't know if they've uh, they've actually uh, went through with it, but I know I got a lot of people over to your booth. So I was pretty. So I was I was excited about that. So, uh, but um, but you definitely there's a lot of lot since the last time we spoke and sat down and everything. Lots come out. PCA 2022. You you build on this great foundation from the previous year. It was your first year at PCA last year. This, you know, 2021 was your first year. 2022 is your second year and everything. Um, same setup. You, Ike, Leon, all there, uh, having a great time. One of our one of our favorite booths we visited. Uh, you heard that on our post game, our post game show that we did. We just loved the time that we got to spend with you guys. It was such a great time and everything. And um, I kind of wanted to start um, off with uh, uh, with Leon's newest addition to his portfolio. So the 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 little Surce is, is the uh, the latest rendition. So tell us a little bit about this. I mean, it's the same blend, from my understanding, right? You're just a shorter shorter Vitola. Yeah. So when we originally made the big Surce, um, man, our, our our whole process is when it comes to my all pros. I told them, I can't just make a cigar and give it to you because that's not authentic and that's not right to the consumer. I believe this is a residual business. And I believe if somebody, they will always try something one time 
And especially if you have a high profile name, they'll definitely try it if they're a fan of yours. I said, but if it's absolutely awful or if something that they don't like, they're not going to buy it again. So at least with my all pros, our goal and our whole mission was to them for, for us to make their favorite cigar. And if it's their favorite cigar, then it's my job to sell it to the masses. So when we made the cigar for the for search, the big search, that was a 60 ring gauge by three, um, three, what is it? What is it? Three, I'm sorry, 60 ring gauge by eight and three fourths. Eight and three quarters, yeah. Eight and three quarters. So so that particular cigar literally is a phenomenal stick, but you have to have uh, commitment. And if you don't have commitment, then that's not going to be the, you know, the cigar for you to smoke. Even for myself, I would smoke it during a football game. So I would start that cigar off in the first quarter during kickoff. That would last me until the end of the third quarter for me personally. And other people say, Howard, man, that's a three-hour smoke for me or a three-and-a-half-hour smoke. But that cigar was made for Leon. And for Leon, that's a 55-minute smoke. I know. He said that to me. I still couldn't believe it, man. <laughs> so what I did was I said, well, Leon, of course, you know, looking at the market of cigars in general, um, that cigar, I made that specifically for you. And there's going to be some people that's going to love that stick once they get the courage or the commitment to trying it. I said, but for the masses, I need to make something that more people will be able to smoke and really taste this flavor without the, the length that goes in with it. And so we have the little search here, which is what we released in uh, September and so of 22. And so this is a uh, five and a half by 58 ring inch. So it's the exact same blend. We just brought it down a little bit. And so yeah. since the release of this, the sales have really literally been off the charts. Um, the feedback from it has been great and, and it's been exciting for us. I, I just have one thing. Leon is not allowed to smoke the little source because he's not the little source. He's the big source. <laughs> so here, so but this is a phenomenal stick. It comes in a 20 count box. Nice. I, I have to say a couple, couple side notes about the, the, this project with Leon. So I'm sure he gets this all the time. He's probably tired of hearing it. Um, when I shook that man's hand for the first time at PCA <laughs> this year, I, um, I couldn't believe it. I was like, I just could not believe how big they were. And, um, and I, when I, when I saw the, that was the first time I saw the little surf too. I was like, man, that has to, that just has to feel like a toothpick in his hand. Like, it's just, just so, I mean, and it's really funny. Like I, I mean, I don't have big hands, uh, but I have a couple of colleagues on the coalition. You met Ben and, and Aaron and, and Coop. Ben's got some pretty big mitts himself, and he even said it too before I said anything. He's like, "Oh my god, did you see his hands?" I was like, "Yes, man, that's crazy." Um, but that little, yeah, that little source has to be like a toothpick in his hands. But yeah, he told he said the first time he smoked, he said it's about a fifty-five minute smoke on average. The big source. Mm -hmm. It took me four hours and one minute. I timed it the when the one that you gave me last year. I sat down. I did it. We didn't do it on air. I, I smoked it. I smoked it a few days later, and that was like a four hour and one minute smoke. It was like just nuts. It was just over four four hours. I remember because I timed it. I was like, that was it was great. I really enjoyed it. Um, like you said, it was a commitment. It was an afternoon for me. Um, but um, 
but man, I thoroughly enjoyed it. And I really enjoyed the little source uh, from this year's trade show. It was really good. Um, have to say there's probably more little sources in my future than the big source, but, um, <laughs> but, uh, but both are great cigars. And this is a great compliment to, to the, to the, the, the next, uh, the next one in the line. So, um, wanted to, uh, I guess we'll, I, we'll come back to your other all pro. We'll kind of finish up with, with, with Ike here in just a second, but let's jump to the cigar that you're smoking. So, uh, you launched last year with. Three Black Moses projects, two regular production and one limited. You've got the Habano, which is the one I've got here. It's got a orange footband. Uh, the Maduro with the red footband. Mm-hmm. Now the limited had the it was black, correct? A black footband. So, so, so the limited it doesn't have a footband on it. It has a secondary band. Secondary band. That's what it is. Okay, right. Now that's the first. So you're right. You have the Maduro and the natural you just showed, right? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Mm-hmm. Those, those two are the box press perfectos, and right. then we have the limited. The limited is the first one that has that's that's round on the black bones. It still tapers, yeah. in, and but it it's has a but it's a traditional Parejo. That's correct. Yeah, and I know this cigar was these these cigars. The the natural and the Maduro were inspired by your favorite cigar, which was the Padron 80th. Yes, sir. so right. Um, so, so you come out with a third, a third Black Moses, which is the one you're about to show, which is the uh, the Black Moses Blanco. Yes. So the limited Blanco is what is what I'm currently smoking. It looks like this, and what this cigar is, what I noticed there is that in my research um, and looking at numbers, fifty percent, forty or fifty percent of the market is Connecticut cigars, and so we we had nothing on our line that went to the Connecticut market of people. And a lot of times people, if you're walking into a shop, let's say I always shout out Corona Cigar because it's like a it's like a, a, a superstore when you walk in there. And for the average individual just, just walking down the lines, down the aisles and looking, they might look at the Black Moses Maduro and see that, that San Andreas wrapper. They might look at the Leon Cersei, look at the, the length and the size of it and get intimidated, but we noticed that we didn't have anything for the new smoker, the smoker that said, listen, I love to smoke, but I really have a mild palate or a palate that can't, it's not that strong, or I can't take a, a strong cigar and things like that. Because up until that point, I would lead them to the Cameroon, mm-hmm. was always my go-to. Um, and so I decided to take the limited Black Moses, and to take that same blend because I really enjoyed that blend, and to put that with a Connecticut wrapper on it. So I that so what I named it was the limited blanco. So it's the same identical uh, binder and filler as the limited Black Moses limited, but it just has a Connecticut wrapper, and so that makes it the blanco. And so literally since the show, since um, that's this has been the number one cigar in our box sales. Oh, wow. It has been the limited Blanco. Um, and so I, I believe that was a good choice we made when we came out with that. Sales have been having problems keeping it in stock. And in my book, that's a good thing, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so, but it's a cigar that I smoke. I've added it into my to my um, my repertoire now. I smoke this cigar a lot. Um, I don't know. I have an urge to, you know, to taste that cigar a lot. And so... A lot of times with coffee or 
Um, even if I'm just, you know, right now I'm, I'm pairing it with champagne. I'm literally pairing it with champagne. <laughs> so, nice. um, I was like, you know, this is my second time getting able to be on the show here with my man Bear. Let me pop a bottle of champagne. Let's sit back and relax. Celebrate. Let me start off start off with this one first, and um, and I I can say it's been really smooth and, and good so far. So we're definitely having a ball with that particular uh, those topo, those vitolas have been really good on the Black Moses line. Wish we had talked about the champagne before. I had a bottle of prosecco. I would have. I would have popped. I would have. I would. Have, I would have drank some bubbly with you. Um, <laughs> right. There you go. There you go. Nice. Um, I love. I love pairing cigars with champagne. Like, not like, not like a on a regular regular basis. But I really, I really think it's a lot of. I think it's really cool how the bubbles the flavor components of, of, of champagne, particularly like semi-dry, not like super dry and not definitely not super sweet. Um, and I think it, I think it pairs well, and I'm not a wine and cigar guy, really. Um, it has to be like definitely red, but champagne every once in a while is really cool. Like it, it pairs really well with cigars, uh, particularly like, uh, the Illusione Epernay. I haven't tried it with yours. So that, that'll be something to do. That'll be something to do for sure. Now the Blanco, we call it the limited. So it's the limited Blanco. And then we had the original limited. So like what makes it limited, Howard? Is it the number of boxes produced each year? Is it one and done limited? What what makes it limited? So I named it the limited um, because I didn't know if I was going to keep that cigar at the particular time. Okay. So the sales was so went so well for us that I just kept it the name limited. Just to differentiate from the different Black Moseses, and so um, what happened was what, what would happen there is, um, and so the new cigars that 2023's new production on the Black Moses Maduro and Natural, you it would not have that um, that cedar there. It would have a secondary band. Okay. And the secondary band would be an orange that that says Natural. That secondary band would be in red. And it was say Maduro on it. And nice. so the limited has a black secondary band that says limited and white on the black band. And then it's um white with gold that says Blanco. Because what was happening there is people were were reaching out, posting pictures, and you know, and saying, Man, I had that black Moses, I love that black Moses, it's a great cigar. They would go somewhere trying to purchase the cigar, and they say, You have the black, you have the black Moses. They say yes. And they said, well, which one? And they're like, um, I, I don't know. I, I just knew it was the Black Moses. You know what I mean? Right. So we wanted to make sure that we were able to have something that it could sit on its own. So it's like Black Moses Limited, Black Moses Maduro, Black Moses Natural, and then you have the Blanco. And so okay. that's our, our, our four horsemen of that particular brand and series. And uh, I think we're going to leave it like that. And if anything okay. else we would do, it would probably be more of an exclusive, you know, okay. or a limited release. But the limited name on these two lines will be to say. Okay. But they are regular production. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Gotcha. Well, that's cool that the cedar's going away. That way I have I actually have a few boxes left of both. So that'll be able to differentiate between the newer release the new a newer release and the original, I guess original releases. So that's cool. That's nice. What a cool little bit. Why'd you get rid of cedar? 
what why did what made that decision well for us um looking at talking uh, with the factory and already having the issue with um people not being able to tell the difference between the two that was number one and then oh it's a good point yeah okay yeah that was my main issue so i'll give an example there was um there was a write-up on us uh that was on 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 half wheel they did this so apparently um the gentleman reached out to corona cigar ordered online the black moses natural which is the orange bear right well they in return received the black moses maduro oh so when he lit it and smoked it, the review that he gave us was like an 80 something, maybe a low, low 80 or something like that. But when I looked at the notes of what he said, he said, I felt it, it was more of a, a toast, toasty um, f- uh, flavor for me. It was it was more of a, um, and that's all because of the San Andreas wrapper. Right. You know, but you didn't get what you actually ordered. You ordered this particular product, but you got what you didn't order. And so, of course, it didn't leave a positive review from the person that ordered it. Yeah. So when I saw that, I was like, well, I get it if you didn't like that particular stick. But all in all, the Black Moses Maduro is still the number one seller out of everything. But the simple fact of the matter is, I don't want to have those issues with a regular consumer item where they want the natural, but they both look similar. Right. And sends them the Maduro instead, or vice versa. Because I have guys that love the Maduro. And the Maduro's that top three cigars in their constant rotation. But you give them a natural, they're like, oh, no, I like it, but it's not my Maduro. And a lot right. of times, first, you know, being a newer, a newer brand, and people get with me, and they and we're sitting down, we're having cigars, and we're smoking. I always have them smoke that cigar, those cigars back to back, right? Because it's a fairly short smoke. It's not a forever smoke in that box fresh perfecto. Yeah. So, are you a Maduro guy or are you more of a natural guy? How do I am a natural guy? Okay, but let's smoke the natural first. Smoke the natural. Okay, now the next cigar we're going to smoke next is the Maduro. Now, after you smoke that one, I want to know right then and there, which one did you like best? Not knocking the other one down, but which one did you prefer? Sure. And then I would get a person to tell me, well, actually, I actually like the, the natural one. Or I actually like the manure one. Right. So that was my main thing that I wanted. It's just to make sure that a person will be satisfied with what they order, whether they're ordering online from any company or our product, that they can't get it mixed up. Yeah, that's, that's really... Uh... That's really, I mean, that's, that is, I mean, that brings up a really good point. I mean, half wheel really makes mistakes like that. So that, that just goes to show you, they're just going off of what was ordered and stuff. And they didn't, of course they didn't know, right? Your newer yeah. brand, things like that. Um, I will say though, if you got in the eighties, like I didn't read the review, so I don't know what was actually said about it, but that's actually not a bad score. They're tough. They're tough, man. They are tough reviewers. So if you got in the eighties, it's not that it's actually pretty, pretty good review. For the most part, so um, what he what he said in the in the in the you know in in the review is that they wanted 
they didn't get what they wanted. Sure. That makes you know sense. I mean? so, and I said, you know, that's fine. But let, what we're going to do is we're going to try to eliminate those type of scenarios. Because that's like if I order a ribeye steak and I got a T-bone, I mean, did I still get a team? Did I still get a steak? Yeah, but yeah. when I see one, the ribeye. Right. You know? No, hundred percent. And I and I understand. So we're just trying to fine tune things because my 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 whole mission, literally, bear is to is to make sure that the the, the the people are happy and they get what it is that they want. I believe out of the twelve lines that we have, there's something on there that's gonna that's gonna resonate to your palate. Yeah, the expansion really brought a lot of things to the table, not just in the, and I th- I'm going to answer one of the questions I initially had for you. We're going to talk about it here in a second. But I think just talking to you over the last couple of minutes, I think I've figured out the answer myself. I'm still going to ask you. But while we've gone to the, the magic stick line, so again, you uh, originally released the uh, Cameroon and the mm-hmm. Habano, uh, both in the, I get the Toro size. And uh, so there's a new, uh, again, at the trade show that you released another magic stick, which is the magic stick Connecticut. So, um, w- so here, here's, here's the question. Cause we're going to get to Ike's cigar here in just a second, but that's two Connecticut cigars, one in the black Moses line, one in the magic stick line. Why did you say just decide to do two Connecticut's in one year? What led to that decision? Well, the reason I decided to do the um, the Connecticut Magic Stick is because we have three Magic Sticks. We have the Robusto side as well. That's a 52 by 5, which is the Habano. Then we have the Habano Toro. We have the Cameroon. But one of the things I really, really noticed is that, like I said before, I had no love in the Connecticut market. Mm-hmm. I had no love that I gave to the Connecticut market. And so... Um, I have individuals that say, man, well, I want something that I can smoke for in the morning time. I want something I can start my day with, Howie. You know, I don't typically smoke a stronger cigar or medium to full until it's later on in the afternoon, later on in the evening, and I have to, I'm pairing it with something drink or something like that. But in the morning time, I typically smoke, you know, a Connecticut or a Connecticut, um, you know, a milder version cigar that way. So what I wanted on the Majestic line was to actually complete the line as well. And so we came out with the Connecticut. This particular cigar, I had it in the works for a while. Um, I just decided to release it along with the other ones for the simple fact that I believe this cigar is a um, is a top top five cigar for next year. But if, if it gets in the hands of the right individuals and they smoke it, and they'll they'll really love this cigar. It's it's mild, but it's full of flavor. So the whole flavor profile of this cigar is absolutely great. I smoked this cigar before I smoke um, what I'm smoking now, and it gets to the point where it actually had me uh, cutting down and cut into the amount of my Cameroons I smoke now because I want to. Keep my Cameroon in my mix, but then that Connecticut, I kind of get the, the urge to smoke it because the taste kind of like it kind of like it draws me a little bit. And then what I love about this is when I don't really want to have a big ring gauge cigar, you know, the Black Moses Blanco is still a 58 ring gauge. Right. And so, but for me, I'm a big fan 
uh, of Toro sizes, uh, 50 ring gauge sizes. For me, I, I'm able to, you know, I'm able to taste the, the, the binder, the feel of the wrapper more. Um, the notes of it just expresses extremely well. And so when we released this cigar, this became the number two uh, in box sales, which was really cool for us since wow. that time. Mm-hmm. Wow. And so that 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 um that that's a, a phenomenal um blend for us and we're excited about it. Um I'm looking forward to taking that same blend and now just making it a tad bigger for the people that want that 58 to 60 ring gauge for that same for that same thing. Um mm-hmm. that's something that we're looking at also for the future. But I wanted to show a lot of love there to to um, to the people that like know, mild, milder cigars, yeah. But let them know that you can have a mild cigar that's full of flavor, that's not bland, that's not it doesn't taste like you're smoking a paper bag, like you know it's like <laughs> a mild cigar. Yeah, I've had that. I've, I've had that experience. I know what you're talking about. <laughs> for me, the biggest compliment to me is my buddies that are full body smokers, man. That say, man, listen. This cigar is something that I smoke early in the day because even though it's not a full body, but I love the how the cigar expresses. And so for that, for us, that all, you know, this means the world to us for that. Okay. The um this is my this was my question, but this is I kind of just talking to you a little bit about it i think you just answered the question in one part but my 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 other again this is just an assumption hard i don't want to uh you know make this your answer but um the magic stick is more of i would say your everyday cigar it's not a value cigar it's not a budget cigar uh, it's still premium, but it's a great, it's a value, it's a great value price point, especially in today's market where everyone's coming out with like $30 cigars and everything. Um, and then the Black Moses Blanco is a little bit more of your, a little bit more of your premium. So, so I'm guessing they don't really cannibalize each other, right? Because you've got basically two different price sex. There's two, two, the two different markets. So I can give you the prices that's, that's retails here. Sure. That's fine. So I'll say, like, for instance, so our magic sticks are going to be a $12 price point. Let's say, like, if you're looking at Corona Cigar, right, that's going to be a $12 price point. The Black Moses line is going to be a $15 price point. So for the person that's a $8 to $10 smoker, they're not going to really complain to go two more bucks to get a quality cigar. And then turn around and say, you know what? I like that. I don't, I don't mind paying an extra two bucks for that stick. Right. But to get an 8 to $10 smoker to tell them now you need to smoke a cigar that's $15, if that's out of their budget, you know, that's not going to be their everyday smoke. That might be a cigar that they'll smoke on Friday. And to, to your point, Barry, you're absolutely right. There's so many, there's so many um, individuals coming out with $30 cigars, $30, $35, $40. And you sit there and you smoke it and say, Man, there's some nine and ten dollar cigars to me that are absolutely better than this thirty five dollar cigar. Mm-hmm. You, you know what I mean? So it's it's. I don't want it for us. We don't want to get to the point where where we forget about the you know the blue collar person, the person that goes to goes to work with a lunch pail. They go have a hard days of work. They want to come have a cigar and then also be able to pair it with a nice scotch or 
or wine or whatever, and then go home with their family and have dinner. Right. You know, and, and call it a night and get ready to do it again. And a lot of times people forget about the the blue collar man, the regular, the regular, the regular person. They 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 the pricing points things towards you know the the luxury market, but I I want to move product. Mm-hmm. If I can make affordable quality cigars, but that are literally premium, and I'm going to want to make sure I can keep it in a in a range where a person is saying, hey, you know, a box of the Black Moses is only a ten count box. Okay, so I'm a man. I get paid on Friday. Let's just say, you know what? 150 bucks is not is 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 not a lot for for me to get my you know one of the cigars, a box of cigars that I enjoy the most. You know that 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 I that I really enjoy. Um. So when it comes to the 21 count box here, but it's 12 dollars, it's actually around the same type of things that the feedback that we get. But when you go to the you know, the higher level, you know, now a person has to start thinking, man, you know, did I do all my husband duties? Is, <laughs> for, right? Is my wife going to really, you know, trip on me because I spent this amount of money on a box of cigarettes? You know what I mean? A, right. a cigarette. We're just, we're just trying to be cognizant of just number one, making quality products, number one, number one, number two, making sure our feedback is good from people, you know, you're one of the guys that, like, like, Rachel and I talk about a lot. You know, we have some new things coming out. We're going to send some stuff to you, let you try it out. We really, we really respect your palate and oh, thank you, cigars and stuff like that. And, but you know, just try to do it the right way and be consistent and and um and just build a build a build a brand that's that really is for the people. I mean, and you do have the ultra premium offerings too. The All Pro series is in that that echelon too, which makes it really. Really nice. Uh, loved the one of a kind. Smoked a few of those uh, last year. Um, again, a little bit more pricey of a point. And then just to move on to to that. So Ike comes. So you have the little search for 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 Leon. Then mm-hmm. Ike has the one of a kind, the Sumatra wrap. So you guys, but you guys released the breakfast cigar, which is mm-hmm. also another Connecticut shade offering. Mm-hmm. But this is under this is under Ike's brand. So. Mm-hmm. Um, Talk, talk about a little bit about that project. Now that's a completely different Vitola than the original. Completely different. Is it completely different blend, or is it just again a, a wrapper swap? It's it's the, uh, it's it's the same blend. So what we did is this. Ike Ike is known as greatest cornerback in Steeler history. Either one or two, depending on how you flip the coin. So who you're talking to, right? Mm-hmm. So. That first cigar had to be something with the Steelers. And so that's when that blend was created. It's 80% Nicaragua, 20% Lancaster PA. His favorite rapper was the Sumatra rapper. He wanted that little bit. He gave pigtail on the end, let that cigar sit um, in Nicaragua for an additional uh, four months before they ship it to us, to our warehouse in, in Orlando. That That's that game plan. So that particular Inside this logo here with his picture and the super, that was all the still of it. Well, we had an opportunity that we had, we had a suite for the bowl game for his alma mater. And so his alma mater is Louisiana Lafayette, the Raging Cajuns. They happen to be playing uh, Marshall. And so 
we're, we're there in the suite, and uh, when we when we came, we had 200 of the original Ike Taylors with us. The goal was, if they win, this is the cigar. We're going to be on the field and in the locker room giving to everybody, from the players to the coaching staff, you know, of his alma mater. Well, luckily, they won. And the most beautiful thing is seeing Ike in red, wearing red, their Lafayette color. He's on state. I mean, he's on the field. Handing the cigar to the president, to every player, to the coaching staff and everything, and celebrating them with them in the locker room. That was an awesome gesture. But then I started realizing, and on top of it, I said, you know, there's a lot of college teams that when they have a significant victory, they're smoking cigars. You know, Alabama versus Auburn, you know, the Tennessee game. Mm-hmm. Like they win certain things, they're all celebrating with a cigar. And so I'm like, we need to do something to give some, some, share some light to your alma mater because it was that school that made it available for the Steelers to meet you and get you into the, to the league. And he says, you know what, bro? I like that idea. He's like, well, you know, I want a breakfast stick. And so we worked, we worked on a couple of things and I'm like, you know what? Let's not try to reinvent the wheel. We already found out what was his favorite cigar. Let's just switch it make it smaller and then he wanted to be for it to be a, um, to have a torpedo and i'm like let's make that happen and so this is what we came up with so you know the other box is black so this one here it's is red. a matte red the inside of it has the picture his hall of fame picture for when he was with louisiana lafayette and so this is what the cigar looks like And so that same one of a kind logo, but we it's more red. Yeah, sure, sure, it's you. Okay. With that. Yeah, and I so- wondered. I wondered about the red hue, and I hadn't seen the box. I didn't remember. I know you guys had it on display, and I didn't commit it to memory until I'm seeing it now. So that's a really cool tribute. I love it, man. Little little, thing, little nod to the roots. Yeah. So we and so the way we play it with, uh, we look at this as the the breakfast stick. You know, we have the one of a kind, the Sumatra. You know, that's the profile. <coughs> That's considered like a lunch stick. And then it also gives us room for later on to come out with what we would call our, our evening or a dinner stick from that same, from that same um from that same blend, you know? And so that's something we're gonna end up doing in the future. But this stick has been sold out for a while uh, from the show as well. Um, we find that that was the number one as far as stick sales. And so, wow. Okay. So, one of the cool things we get breakdowns on everything from is it if it from what sells in stick sales, what's been the top sales actually in boxes, different things like that. So we get the whole lineup, and this cigar has been extremely well for us, um, and sold out. And uh, in the next, uh, I believe, two weeks, we should have a nice supply of these to to to, to take care of the. The, uh, the growing demand for, for this particular cigar as well. That's awesome. I, it's really great to see that these new releases are also doing incredibly well for you. You know, like, I think that's like, that's always like the, you know, that's always like the big concern is like, you're going to get that initial wave obviously, but it's that second and third 
rotation in the humidor, you know, turnover in the humidor that where you really start to see success. So it's really great that, you know, this one's leading in stick sales, the other one's leading in boxes, and they're doing really, really, really well for you. That's fantastic. Um, these were some really cool, um, like I said, it, it it was it was interesting because they were very a lot of them, you know, three out of the four were very similar. Um, but I I can appreciate what you're what you're doing, like you said, with just kind of dividing it up because you've got the, you know, you've got the I keep saying word value. That means that means something different typically because I mean that means more like usually like a budget cigar, but you have the 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 premium cigar sect in that ten dollar range. You have the fifteen dollar range, and then you have the twenty plus two with the with the one of a kind series and the all pro the all pros and everything. So, uh, I think that really really kind of expands the 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 gamut of your portfolio, and it makes it a lot more a um, lot more attractive to different kinds of smokers at different kinds of stages. So yeah. I I can appreciate that. That's really cool. Um, it's different markets as well. Sure. Right. Different markets. So I'll tell you, there's certain markets where this cigar has outsold the other um, uh, one of a kind. And okay. because, because this particular cigar, not only is it a Connecticut wrapper, uh, it's a 21 count box. This cigar retails at 14. So that's a little different between, you know, 20. But certain markets, they're like, I'm in love with that breakfast thing. You know, even had people sending uh, pictures to 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 the cup to us with the with the with the tattoo of the one of a kind logo, you know, and the and the stick next to it, like this is my this is my daily morning ritual or however and stuff like that. And so um, that's just the thing I'm looking at. I look at the whole market, the, the look at my analysis of what is more popular in this market, what is more in this particular region. You know, and I look at all of that and see, okay, where, you know, how do I adjust from there? How do I pivot, for lack of better terms, to make sure that we can continue to build upon or expand upon what we're what we're doing with our groundwork? Terrific. I, I remember uh, that video, uh, I think it was TP last year, where that retailer came by at the booth and he was a big Steeler fan. He had a Steeler tattoo on his leg and he, sh- yep. he showed Ike and stuff. That was pretty cool. Um, yeah, it was, it was such a, it was such a, um, we're going to get into this in a second. Cause we're going to break, break up right now and, and go into a couple of our fun segments, but, um, it was such a, it was such a joy to meet those gentlemen that you've partnered with, um, you know, in, in Ike and Leon at the, at the trade show last year, it really got to, I mean, we had a great time. We had a great interview. Um, you can check it out on Cigar Coop and we had a great great booth report for uh outlining these products and just getting to know those guys and it was a really it was a really fantastic time so good stuff we're we're gonna talk a little bit more cigars and your team here in just a second uh because i had a couple more questions for you but we are gonna uh break up the uh break up the show a little bit and go into a couple of our fun segments and this uh first segment of course is our uh, presidential trivia segment this is a little bit different than last year we had a different segment by united cigars um howard but don't worry it's multiple choice so i'm you know you don't have to worry about it but we do have some presidential trivia that we're going to take you through i've got two questions tonight because i thought they were a little bit more fun um just uh just based on uh just based on a couple of 
uh, connections for you personally. So tonight's uh, presidential trivia segment is always brought to you by United Cigars, featuring La Giana Havana, distributors of Jose Dominguez, Bandolero, Garofalo, and the highly acclaimed Atabay, Byron, and Alfonso lines from Selected Tobacco. Smoke one today and start living united. Now, I was trying to think of a couple of things, Howard, uh, that could connect you to a couple of our presidents and everything. And I, of course, the first one was thinking about your name. And actually, the second one led so which led me to my second question, which was also your name. So um, we haven't had any any presidents with the first name Howard, um, but we had a very famous cigar, uh, very famous cigar, very famous president uh, with the middle name Howard. And that, of course, is William Howard Taft, uh, which was he was the first uh, president to actually ever serve as president and then serve as chief justice in the U.S. Supreme Court. That was actually his dream job. He didn't want to be president. He wanted to be the chief justice in the Supreme Court. That was his dream job. Um, so he was obviously a, a lawyer by trade. That's how he came up. He was actually a very reluctant political figure. Um, his wife, we talked about those honeydew lists a little bit ago. His wife wanted him to be president, and he eventually became president. He was handpicked by Teddy Roosevelt and ended up taking the Oval Office. So anyway, um, so this this first question has to do with him. So after he was president, before he became a justice on the Supreme Court, he ended up going back to be, he became a law professor and he taught at his alma mater, which was which Ivy League school? So was it his, was his alma mater A, Harvard, B, Dartmouth, C, Yale, or D, Cornell? Hmm. What year was that? Can you tell me that? That he uh, that he taught that he taught uh, that he taught school. Yes. Uh, yes. Give me one second. I believe so. He ended his presidency uh, uh, in the oh, nineteen. Okay. Uh, so it was. I don't know the range. I don't know how long he taught. Um, let me. I'm gonna. I'm. I am gonna look this up. Taught. Um, I am looking this up. This is terrible. I should have this. I should know this. Uh, so he taught between 19, it was actually basically during World War One. He taught between 1914 and his last year on staff at the school was 1920. He was appointed to the Supreme Court in 1921. Okay, and so it's Harvard, Yale, Cornell, Western Dartmouth. Oh, there. That's a long time ago, brother. <laughs> I'm going to take a shot in the dark. I know a lot of presidents have gone to either Harvard or Yale, so let's just say Yale. And you are correct, sir. That is a great guess. Fantastic. Fantastic. Wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. Okay, so got another one for you. This one's a little bit more. This one's a little fun too. Okay, so again, we'll go back to your name, right? So you're a junior, Howard Gums Jr. Okay, I'm going to give you a couple of these, and I'm going to eliminate them for you. Okay, so how many U.S. presidents have been juniors? Now, Bill Clinton was not a junior. He was actually the third. He was William Jefferson Clinton the third. George W. Bush was not a junior because his father was George Herbert Walker Bush, not George W. Bush. Mm -hmm. So they were he was not technically a junior. 
So, um, what, um, so excuse me, how many junior presidents have there been? A, 11, B, 3, C, 25, or D, 20? Okay, so I'm going to go with three. There are, there are actually quite a few more than three, but not 25 or 20. The answer is 11. So, so I'll break them down for you. Now, one of them's got a really funny story for you. So our current president is actually a junior. Joe Biden is, was Joseph uh, uh, Robinette Biden Jr. Uh, born. Uh, Barack Obama was actually a junior. How about that? So uh, Barack Hussein Obama. And um, as I mentioned, Bill Clinton was not a junior. He was the third. Jimmy Carter was also a junior. Okay. This is the funny one. Gerald Ford was a junior. So Gerald Ford was not the name he was born with. He was born Leslie Lynch King Jr. Leslie Lynch King, King Jr. So he became Gerald Ford uh, because he actually took his stepfather's name. Ford was his stepfather. So, um, you know, he, yeah, his father, his wife, his, his wife, his mother uh, married, obviously, Leslie Lynch King Sr. And uh, they, uh, they, uh, they got separated, like, like, I don't know, like a week after Ford was born, yeah. you know, um, so, and then he really wasn't part of his life. So she remarried, obviously. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so he took he took his 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 stepfather's name. And now here's the cra- here's the crazy 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 thing, right? So she married a man named Gerald Rudolph Ford. So he became Gerald Rudolph Ford Jr. So he was a junior twice. <laughs> so he was a junior twice, yeah. So he actually had two names. He was born <laughs> Leslie Lynch King Jr. and he became Gerald Rudolph Ford Jr., which is crazy. Yeah, that is. Yeah, so that uh, he officially changed his name later in life too. Like it was like he was in his like early twenties or something like that. So it's pretty. That's pretty cool. Like a pretty, uh, pretty cool story. So uh, Calvin Coolidge was also a junior. Calvin was actually his middle name. His first name was John. So it was John Calvin Coolidge Jr. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mentioned Teddy a while ago. So Teddy Roosevelt was actually a junior as well. Um, William McKinley, his his uh, predecessor. You know, the man he took over office from when he was assassinated was William McKinley. He was a junior. But then you have to go all the way back into the 1800s, uh, earlier 1800s, to get to the next junior. James Buchanan, um, John Tyler, who we've talked about John Tyler a number of times on this show. He actually has a grandson that's still alive. Yeah. John Tyler was president uh, in the early 1800s. He has a grandson. That's alive wow. in 2023. So I'll give it. So here's what happened. I, I mentioned this before in a previous episode, but this is, I, I love this fascinating stuff, Howard. So forgive me. I'm sorry. So John, Ty, John Tyler had like 16 kids. His last kid, he was born when he was 70 years old. Ooh. Okay. When John Tyler was 70 years old, that child his his youngest also had a child. When he was in his 70s. So that's his son. And then 
his son had a child in like his 50s and that child is still alive today his grandson so john tyler has a grandson that's still that's still <laughs> still alive <laughs> it's free crazy it's crazy like uh uh, James Madison was also a junior, and then uh, the second president of the United States, John Adams, was also a junior too. And then he, of course, had uh, his son was president too, John Quincy Adams. So, uh, but like George W. Bush, John Quincy Adams was not a junior because yeah. he had a different middle name. So, fun stories, good stuff. But um, I, I think I asked you this last time: is uh, is there a Howard the Third? No. Okay. I have a son, but yeah, I know you had a son, but it was I didn't think it was Howard. Yeah, it was it was Isaiah. Um now is is I mean obviously you go by Howie, you go by Howard, it's Howard G. So like is but is Howard your first name? Yes. Okay, so it is like it's le- legit Howard Dems Jr. Okay. Um was there father's full name? Was there a reason you decided that you didn't like, I've always been fascinated by this. Like people want to carry on the legacy. People don't. Was there a reason why you didn't want to name your son Isaiah after you? Honestly, my son's name was supposed to be Howard. Okay. That was the agreement. Like, because I've always wanted to keep my dad's name going on. Um, But then at that particular time, I was so young and his mother wanted to go with, you know, Isaiah, biblical name, yada, yada. I'm like, okay, fine. And in my mind, I was like, you know what? Don't worry about it because my dad had six kids and I'm the baby of six. So he has four boys. I was the fourth the fourth son. So there's three guys oh. before me that did not get the name Howard. Um, okay. I'm in the, the last one. Um, and he had two girls between that time as well. Um, but I got the name Howard, so I was like, you know, I'm not gonna stress that. If I have another son, then I, then I will definitely, his name will be Howard the Third. And then what ended up happening there is, I, I, I spent time just traveling, just doing my businesses, and then I looked back and said, ah, I can't start over now. I, you know, <laughs> my boy's playing football, then he. Now he's graduating, and now he's 19, and and I have so many nieces and nephews. I mean, I have I had uh, I have another niece about to have a child, and then my uh, my then my one of my younger nieces, she just had a, a child like less than a month ago, and um and everybody likes their uncle Howard, you know, to send them. <laughs> so I thought about it, and me and Rachel was talking. She's like, you know, you know, you're a fantastic uncle, you know. You know, you know, if you have a baby, your lifestyle is going to stop right now, right? Because it's not going to be this traveling, it's not going to be this stuff like that, you know. And I'm like, you know what? You're right. We're we're at the point now. We're going to just be some great uncles and great, uh, yeah, great uncles and great aunts, and and continue to just build our businesses and travel and, and just and just enjoy, you know, because it's kind of hard to start back to the diapers, man. You know, when you once you not have to do it for, you know, umpteen plus years, you, you, you know, it's like kind of hard to start back to that. Yeah. I think we talked about this last time. My, my sister got married uh, 
not October of 21, but, uh, or excuse me, not October of 22, but October of 21. Mm-hmm. And she, uh, she ended up getting a, a stepson out of it. Um, who's grown. He's actually a freshman in college now. So he's about the same age as Isaiah. And, uh, and I was like, man, you skipped all the fun part, you know? And she's like, no, I didn't. <laughs> uh, cause she's never had, she's never had to change diapers or anything. So, uh, I think she was traumatized as a, as a young teenager. So I helped my sister babysit from now. And then we, we babysat this kid, a uh, number of kids over the years. It was always her. And I was just, she was basically babysitting both of us. I was, you know, I'm five, you know, I'm five years her junior and stuff. So, but I, but I remember we were babysitting this one kid. Uh, Nit, I mean, none of us, had, neither of us had ever changed a diaper, but he, uh, um, he needed a diaper change and i think that traumatized her because she he was yeah it was it was it was quite a disaster so yeah i i uh yeah i told my wife and i are thinking about having a third and uh i basically said the same thing to her i was like we better do it now before i get used to not not changing diapers as much so that's uh having to go back and do that with the second i was like oh i forgot how forgot how annoying this is <laughs> uh it's not that bad especially when you're used to it but yeah i can't imagine going back you know you know over a decade later and then doing it again so but but uh um where where's uh is is isaiah in school is he in college or is he what's he doing so so isaiah is going to school he's going to uh valencia and uh, his, he's he's uh, he's a little different than his dad. I've I've, I've, uh, I've had to take the I had to bite the pill and realize that I couldn't. He's not a sales guy like his father. It's, that's not really his forte. He's more in the animation and the different things like that. So he's more of a product of what it is now with the gaming and all that kind of stuff. So it's cool. So yeah. So I mean, I. I was like, man, but I just said, you know what, man, whatever you want to do. And uh, he's like, yeah, dad, I'm more into animation and things like that. So I connected him with some of my friends that that have the the road in that in that in that that region. And so so uh, he's, he's he's still a mama's boy still at this time. So so I told him to do he's gonna do two years here in Valencia, in Orlando, and before I let him go and spread his wings out because he's still a he's still like a mama's boy you know so and that's his thing i tried to get him we smoked i had him he's he's, well what was so cool is he smoked his first cigar with me um after he was when he turned 18 and then when he graduated high school i took him down to uh, miami and hung out with me and his uncle and uh, he got a chance to smoke a lot of cigars so he 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 had he, he enjoyed it and then i had to Break it down to him and let him know that this is this is um, this is not cheap right here. You know, what I mean? <laughs> so like you know, I'm letting you enjoy this while we're here, but I want you to understand this is something that you'll be able to enjoy once you're able to afford it for yourself and to properly gauge how you're doing things in life. And so he understood, and uh, he's a great kid. I'm just so thankful and blessed and grateful that I. I was able to produce a quality young man to society that never been in trouble there in his life. He's a great kid. He's a, he's a yes ma'am, no ma'am type of guy. It just he's not that sales guy that I wanted. <laughs> so other than that, though, no, but 
He's a great kid. So we're we're definitely um we're definitely blessed by that. That's the natural right there. Yes, yeah, I've spoken the natural. Next. It's been a while. I've I've smoked a lot more of the well, I'll say I've smoked a lot more of the Maduros. Not because I, I to answer your question from earlier tonight, I I honestly don't know which I prefer. Um I like both of them. Um I guess I'm still trying to find out. I have ended up smoking more Maduros um mm -hmm. for one reason or another. I did really love the Blanco. You gave me a couple at the trade show and I smoked one a, you know a few weeks after the trade show. I let it rest a little bit and the one I put back until we had really cold weather here in Texas a couple of times this year. And it was, it was, it was after the first one in December, we had like four straight days of like um, really super cold. Like it was at one point it was like minus 10, yeah. you know? Wow. And so, yeah, so it was that, it was that cold. Right. So it, it, after four days, it got up to like 35, which feels like a sauna at that point. Absolutely. Which is which is crazy because like I went outside, I was like, I'm gonna smoke a cigar. And um she's like, Man, it's still really cold. I was like, Yeah, but it feels so nice because the sun was out too, but yeah. it's still but it had been so freezing. And I mean, I went outside bundled up. I mean, I wasn't like just in shorts and t-shirt or anything, God, you know, but I lit up the the second Blanco and I really, really enjoyed it. It was really good. So but, you know, I did talk to Rachel earlier today prior to uh, to our, uh, our podcast tonight and i remember she was supposed to send you some some cameroons and so what since she she told me she said babe i did not send in cameroons but i'm going to send it this week so what i'm going to make sure to do is i'll make sure um throw you in some more about uh some more um what was it blancos yeah i really enjoyed the blanco yeah i mean yeah whatever i mean whatever you send i'll be grateful for however thank you yeah she she mentioned it yeah we'll see but i know she was sending Definitely the camera rules, but I'll throw some more stuff in there for you. Oh, thank you very much. Yeah, she mentioned she was going to say, she's like, I'm sorry, I forgot. I was like, I, no, don't apologize. I have, I have plenty of cigars, and, but thank you very much. The gesture means a lot. Thank you. Um, so I um, wanted to move, uh, so that was our, we kind of got off track a little bit, but that was our United Presidential Trivia segment, uh, which is always brought to you by United Cigars, featuring La Gian Havana, distributors of Jose Dominguez, Bandolero, Garofalo, and the highly acclaimed Atabe. Byron and Alfonso lines from Selected Tobacco. Smoke one today and start living united. So um, last time we were on, Howard, we did it. We and we're continuing to do our charity segment each week with our guests and everything. But last time we had you on, you brought up a really great charity that we're also going to talk again about tonight. We're going to remind some folks about the great work that you do for a great organization uh, there in Orange County, uh, the Orange County Police Athletic League. Um, which is a great organization and everything. We'll talk a little bit about, I know we had you talk a little bit about it last time, but, you know, I know the mission statement is, you know, about educate, not just recreational and athletic programs, but also education programs for children in the Orange County, uh, uh, in the Orange County area. But talk a little bit about why this organization is so important to you all. Um, well, the reason I'm very passionate about that organization is number one, uh, this is the community that I live in, right? I'm born and raised in this in this area. And so it's always good to see where your money is going, if that makes sense. A lot of times people just send out money, send out money. You never get a chance to see what's actually going on. And so the first thing I always do is I give a shout out to uh, to Jeff and Tonya from Corona Cigar Company. Uh, they, they allowed what they call 
the, the group of us, which is called the Coronians, uh, they're loud, and, and, the, and the president is uh, my buddy Ray Kudre. Uh, he put that together as far as a cigar individuals raising capital um, for, for that. And, and we've done so many things together where it's bunched, the, every, the, all the, the, the proceeds and everything went to pound. Um, and so it just been a, a fun time. And I give an example, just, um, uh, it, it hasn't been six months, maybe six months ago, you know, they did, they did a raise at, uh, at Corona Sand Lake. And it was a, it was a ticket that had been $225 per person. And it was the Red Meat Lovers uh, event. Um, mm-hmm. But but tickets was two twenty five proceeds go to pal. There was all you can eat steak and different things like that. Sounds terrible. Of, <laughs> I'm still trying to get the weight off me from that event. But and then they one one of the things they always do is we donate things and then we, they have so many things to raffle. And I remember that evening um, there was things that we were just raffling. You know, I'm signing my name on things. Because the proceeds go to the kids. And I remember they had a huge bus. It was a green, like, um, it was not, like, I don't know if it was a bus, but it was a huge gaming vehicle that said Orange County Police Athletic League. And Ray said, Howie, why don't you take a look inside and see where your money is going or what, you know, what you guys was able to help with. And I walked inside and I looked at it and I said, wow, this is awesome. There were so many, so many TVs with the games on each side, and then I went outside, and then there was about maybe five to seven officers that were from, you know, it's or, with, with Orange County. And, uh, you know, just to be able to, to see what they've been able to do in the last couple of years has been outstanding. It's uh, It's been motivating as well, and it, and it, and it makes us want to do more. Um, mm-hmm. I know uh, one of the cool things was last year, um, one of our good friends, opened up his home and it was, like I said, us Coronians, what they call us. We had some poker games and uh, I know I donated some boxes of cigars. I know Jeff donated a lot of things and uh, then they had other different types of things. And it was about maybe 45, 50 people there. And I remember at the end of the raffle, um, it was it was Tammy, uh, who was the treasurer, which is a really close friend of mine. She's actually the lady. They introduced me to Rachel. Um, but at the end of that, I tailored there as well. At the end of the, the day of that evening, we raised, you know, close to $30,000 just at someone's house, you know, um, and just enjoying each other, smoking cigars, raffled off cigars, uh, $150 box of Black Moses Limited. Somebody paid $500 for it, you know? Oh, was- very cool. You know, so that that couple of things, and then, you know, a few weeks later, I'm at Corona, uh, and and Ray, Ray sees me and say, "Howie, I just want to let you know, you know, we were able to purchase three thousand two hundred and something bags, uh, school school bags, and you know, filled with stuff that they need for going back to school. You know, it makes you feel like you're, you, you know, you're a part of, you're, you're a part, yeah, of part of something. Yeah, that's really cool. Yeah, I saw I saw the thing about the bus program, the 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 the, the the, I guess, really, uh, I don't know the term, just really tricked up. out, tricked up, souped up. Yeah, I guess, you know, bus or anything. <laughs> but the whole, the whole point is to, uh, 
the whole point is it's to, you know, it's like an after school program essentially, like to keep kids from, you know, you know, getting distracted with, uh, let's just say, less attractive uh, <laughs> endeavors. So uh, I, I think these kinds of programs are really great in a lot of ways. I mean, like the most prominent one that you think about is like Boys and Girls Club and stuff yeah. like that. But I really love, particularly, I, there's a lot of organizations like the law enforcement organizations that give back to their communities, like uh, Orange County at Pol- Police Athletic League. Um and I think it's I think it's so important um, for a number of reasons, not to be overshadowed, especially by the climate today. You know, the the, the topic of police is such a sensitive topic, you know, politically and everything. And I don't want to get into that necessarily tonight, but I love that there's organizations like this, and I wish that they got more attention because, yeah. you know when we talk about the topic of police, it's usually just talked about in the confines of their day-to-day job. And again, I'm not going to get into the, to the political discussion that's in the, uh, in society today about that, but that's usually, that's the discussion always. And my, one of my biggest things, no matter what side you land on in particular, is that there's so much more out there that's, that's done by, by, uh, law enforcement and first responders than their day to day, and mm-hmm. this is a great example of that. And they do so much great stuff for the for the community of Orange County and everything. I love that you get to see the fruits of your labor too, Howard. Like you've dedicated time and a lot of uh, a lot of money as well, like you said. And you know, every little bit helps. Mm-hmm. You know, you've had the opportunity and the means to donate probably more than the average person, but every little bit counts. You know, ten bucks, twenty bucks, five dollars. You know, that's notebooks, that's that's pencils. You know, that's stuff for these bags that they did for kids and everything. Because I think as I I, I think what's really lost, particularly with school, you know, and this could be a longer, much longer discussion with like teachers having to buy their own school supplies, and that's a whole other topic. But like, school supplies ain't cheap. <laughs> like. I don't know. I I have one kid in school. I have another one in like daycare, so that doesn't count. But I have one kid in school, and his school supplies list this year was. I mean, I mean, we dropped 150 bucks, and it's not like we went crazy. Yeah, you know, with stuff. I mean, that's nuts. It's just nuts. Um, and not everyone has that. You know, we take we take it for granted. So it's you know. It, it that sounds i mean it's great that they're 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 making a difference and you're seeing the impact that's fantastic so thanks for talking about it howard i appreciate it so, um so you mentioned this this get together with the coronians and stuff like that and now we'll go back into uh talking a little bit more about howard g cigars and everything so um we didn't really discuss the formality i think last before i think we just talked about in general and everything but i my question was is, so you've partnered with and i've used the term partnered with ike taylor and leon on the all pro series now howard g cigars are they a part of the company howard g cigars or do are these the all pro series are they independent projects that are underneath him but like how does that dynamic work and look like exactly absolutely so um with Howard G. Cigars, the, the, the overall umbrella, I broke it down to three three different aspects. 
you have the Black Moses series, the um, Majestic series, and then the, then the All Pro series. So in the All Pro series, the Ike Taylor, the Leon, those are just the, on the All Pros. So anything that we also additionally add that comes to the All Pros would have to actually go through my two All Pros first, right? For them to give the green light on it. I never, I never was an NFL football player, so I can't give qualifications to be an All Pro. But the two individuals that can is Leon and Ike. My qualifications are a little different. My qualifications is that you really need to um, really care about cigars and really be a true cigar smoker, not an individual that wants to just have your name on a cigar because we're going to put you through a process to create the perfect blend that's for you. And so during that process, you're going to be able to see if you're a true smoker or you're really not. Right. Also, the next thing is going to be is, are you going to be willing to be a part of the company to help your brand? Right. And so, um, and that's the thing. When you look at Leon, Leon, I'm so proud of him. Um, his radio station in Jacksonville last year was in the top 20 in the country. And there's a segment that's lunch with Leon. Uh, he also currently works for the Jaguars. Mm-hmm. And so their, their playoff game, I was so proud of them. They had an actual video of Leon talking, you know, which his voice is literally like, I put him up there with um, James Earl Jones, in my opinion, when, when, when you listen to his voice. Mm-hmm. And uh, the whole stadium before they played the, the, um, the playoff game at home, uh, it was against the Chargers, I believe. It was yeah. Leon and then there's just the, the fire from that and the and, and what he's doing with that. And then when I look at Ike, you know, Ike now, um, the reason Ike wasn't at TPE uh, is because Ike now has look, got his dream job, which I'm so super proud of him for. Uh, his, uh, he's now a, a scout for the Pittsburgh Steelers. And so, um, so with that being the case, you know, he's, traveling the combines and all the different things like that. And 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 now he's going to be all over Florida over for the top universities and things like that and the scouts. And he'll be in the war, the war room with the, uh, with the Steelers when it's time for draft day and things like that. So that's awesome. But the cool thing about it is with our folks, uh, they have their actual cigars. Their, their partnership is, 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 is with the company as well. Uh, but their focus, our focus with them is on the All Pro Series and doing events. We try to do events together with all of us, but it's also events that we do uh, separate. So I'll give examples. Okay. Uh, the, uh, next couple of weeks from now, March 24th, um, I'll be doing an event in Jacksonville, Florida, uh, at Island Girl uh, on Gate Parkway, and that'll be myself and and and, and the Big Sirs. And so we, we're expecting a great turnout. We know some of his former Jacksonville Jaguar uh, teammates and friends will show up, and uh, he's already a legend in that city. And so we're going to really do a real big event featuring the Little Sirs, uh, and then also we'll have the everything else, uh, the rest of the line with it, but what we will have featured will be the the, the Little Sirs. And so um, with Ike, it's been such a great time with Ike. I've been all over the country with Ike. Um, doing uh, cigar events and for the Pittsburgh Steelers, uh, doing so many different cigar events and just in Pittsburgh in general. And not just that, we're doing other things that we're really not putting on on camera. There are certain things where 
there's groups that are calling. They're doing uh, millionaire hangers, uh, different events, but but it's but it's not open to the public. It's like a private event and different things like that. So it's it's really great having those those guys on board, and um, we're looking at some other other individuals as well that their name is in you know they've been reaching out constantly about doing things, but mm-hmm. we want to make sure that it's authentic. And then, man, you know. And I know you and Coop, y'all travel a lot. I know Coop was uh, at Pro Cigar in, 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 in the DR. I saw all the mm-hmm. pictures he was posting. He was he was happy, man. Yeah, he was having a good old time. He sure he was. Time. And, um, but when you look at it, when you look at the process, what it takes to make the cigar, the, when you want to make a premium cigar, not just a regular cigar, when you want to take your time and make sure that you're going to stamp your name and put something out there to the consumer that you stand by. That that that's that's like it's kind of like you know getting a chance to eat at your dinner table, where you, you, you took your time and and put your love and, and sweat and tears in it and say this is my finished product. We don't want to never rush that either. And so a lot of times people think, okay, we want to make a cigar. It's gonna it's gonna be right there and there. It's not gonna be like that. That's a process that we're gonna go through, and we're gonna make sure that when we release it, guys like yourself are able to, to to try it and say, man, wow, and give a positive review when, compared to someone that's just trying to rush and, and put something out just to get in the game, if that makes sense. And no, so, absolutely. but as far as those as partners, yeah, Ike is 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 is, is definitely a partner. Leah is a, is, 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 has a partnership as well. On, yeah, on- I, that's the one thing that I've really enjoyed um, about about their work inside the industry so far. Cause like you said, we've seen, you know, we've seen a lot of celebrity cigars. We've yeah. seen a lot of celebrities. We've seen them come and go. Uh, they've been at these trade shows. Like you mentioned why he couldn't be at, uh, why I couldn't be a TPE, but he was last year and he's been at two PCAs now. Now um, you mentioned his, him getting his dream job. And I know Leon's got his own endeavors as well. Um, do you expect them to both be at uh, PCA this year? Yeah, so they go. They both come to PCA. Oh, so wonderful. I always, okay. I always, so for us, PCA is the main one. That's the main one because it's all about us. It's all about cigars. It's all about there's no there's no vapes. There's no weed people. There's no people trying to give us mushrooms and all this kind of stuff. <laughs> none of that is all cigars. And so with that, I mean, I, I want those two guys there as well. And uh, and and honestly, man, we have such a good time. Literally. Man, oh man. god it was a blast man oh. it, like i said it was it was it was one of the most fun it was probably the f- most fun booth that we went and we had a great time like and we had a great time at some other booth. like but it was i'll interrupt you i'm sorry i the experience at your booth was like this it really felt um it was like the first time i met ike it was the first time i met leon for that matter it was the first time i ever no that's not true i i talked with rachel over the phone but you know it was just you and I on the show that one time last year. And we've talked a couple of times since then, but like the guy said it too, because it was, it was their first time meeting everybody you and you included. And we walked away from that. And it was like, they like all the guys said the same thing from the cigar crew closure. It, it felt like we had just spent like 45 minutes with family. Yeah. And, and that's what it felt like. It felt like we were like family gotten to get, you know, got together for, you know, a little bit. And it was, it was just, it was such a fun time. Just a great time. And, and honestly, that's what that's honestly what we're about. 
We're about we're about family. We're about relaxing, enjoying itself. I mean, there's so much issues going in the world today. So when you're able to come and smoke a cigar and relax, you know what I mean? You're able to relax. Whether you might have two or three hours, like I might have at, at, at a lounge, or if you have 45 minutes to an hour, you got to go. Just to sit back and relax and smoke that cigar, let's try to keep something positive. Let's try to talk about something that's going to keep you uplifted in some type of way. So you yeah. need that. Man, it was, yeah. You come down there, you come in there, you have a bad day. My goal is to make sure, especially if you're in my presence, is to try to stick you with a little Howie Dynamite and blow you up. <laughs> like, hey, let's go, man. I mean, we might, you might have had a bad day, bro, but you didn't lose the fight. It was it was one round. You still got a chance to knock the person out the next round. You know what I mean? From a not a violent standpoint, but from a standpoint of just whatever's going on in your in your world. So and that's how we get, man. We we literally our events are are, are literally um energetic, you know. Um we believe in having a great time, but we live we believe in enjoying it. You know, you if you have a if you're smoking a cigar and everything's your mind is negative. I don't care if it's your favorite cigar in the world. That cigar is not going to taste good. It tastes like shit. Yeah, you're absolutely right. But if you're sitting there, you're in a positive environment. You're around quality people. People that's like, you know, we had the same discussion last night. Last night. You know, and I had a couple NFL players there. And I had some NBA guys. And they were talking about the difference, you know. And I remember Ike saying last night, he said, man, the difference is, man, when it's time for playoffs, Man, we got one, one and done. We got one shot to prove that we can keep going each round. We can't lose a game, turn around, regroup, and come back because we're not playing whoever gets the four wins first. Right. You know what I mean? You can look who wins four games first and say, okay, that's the better team. Out of seven games, we beat you four times first. We got the four wins. We're a better team. And one of my buddies Played on the 18 and 0 team with 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 the Packers. I had a, I was messing with him. His name is Brandon Merriweather, first round pick, really good safety. And he was like, I still believe the Patriots had the greatest team of all time. How we we went 18 and 0. I said, you're right, but you lost. <laughs> 18 and 1. Yeah. Those guys from 1972 were still popping their champagnes when y'all lost that Super <laughs> from 72 is the only team that went the whole season and went undefeated. Right. They never lost. They won the championship. They were, the per- they were a perfect team, yeah. So another argument that was last night was some guy saying the greatest basketball team ever is the 73 and 9 Warriors. I said, no, it's not. It's the 72 and 10 Chicago Bulls. 72 and 10 Bulls. 72 and 10, and they won the chip. These guys went 73 and 9 had a three-one lead on LeBron, and LeBron came back and won three games straight. That's right. They lost. You're not. That's not the greatest team. But honestly, Bear, everybody hugged it up, laughed, and had a good time leaving, getting in our own vehicles, going home. But the great thing about it was we all had something coming. We were all smoking a cigar, mm-hmm. having a good time, and having a great debate. Nobody was mad. It was just being you was passionate about what you're view was. Yeah. I was passionate about my opinion, but we always able to come together and say, you're right, we're gonna come, we're gonna follow this conversation up next week when everybody else is back in town. You nice. know what I mean? And so for us, that's what it's about. I've always said just a slight 
I, I'm going to join this argument real quick. Um, the slight thing that I love about this is that, you know, there's the, the, the goat argument, right? LeBron and MJ. Yep. LeBron winning that championship actually solidified MJ as the goat in my book. Cause he proved <laughs> he beat the, he beat the best team regular season team of all time. But uh, in doing so, he, he proved that Michael Jordan was the goat in my opinion, which I loved. I think that's a great, a great, a great attribute. That's my argument right then and there. Le, Le, LeBron James is a phenomenal player. I have nothing but respect yeah. for this guy. The guy's done the game right. For you to come in at 18 years old with all the pressures on the world on you to be right. from a single so from a single parent household. You know your your kids are blessed because you just said your son noticed the my, my, from my name he knew magic stick because yeah. he sees it in his office right. Mm-hmm. So so take a guy that didn't have a dad, had a mom, didn't have really have anything, have all this pressure on the world, right? And to literally come in and have a squeaky clean at that age, young, with that type of money, right? Mm-hmm. In this type of world, with social media, where everything you do is camera is on you, for that guy to be that squeaky clean, I have nothing but the utmost respect and appreciation for the talent that LeBron James is. Now, with that being said, LeBron James has never put fear in nobody's eyes when they had to play him. But there's a guy that they yeah. say called him that black cat who smoked cigars in a locker room before going out there and putting 50 on you. Yes. That guy that hung in the air. And that guy is the greatest of all time. Now, LeBron might be the best specimen of an athlete, God-given ability, talent, height, size, Guy can play five different positions on the court and all that stuff. But the greatest all time in my book is Michael Jeffrey Jordan. Absolutely. I agree. Okay. <laughs> I agree. Um those are just the 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 three, and I think I think Mamba's the other one, right? Kobe's yeah, the other Mamba. one. Yeah. Those three those three guys, I I've listened uh I don't I don't know why I've been on this kick lately. Uh just this last year. I know it's been a few years since his passing, but I've listened a lot back to some of uh Kobe's previous interviews. Yeah. And just hearing him talk about his story, because he was he had a similar upbringing too. Like he f- failed really early on. He was not the best player. You know, he doesn't have the infamous story of getting cut from his basketball team like Michael Jordan, but he wasn't good. He'll tell you that. He told people that in interviews. He was like, I wasn't good. He's like, so he built, he started small and worked on different aspects of his game and he until he got great. And it, it like just hearing people talk about the way that those guys practiced mm-hmm. is, and I'm sure like probably years from now, we'll probably hear similar stories about LeBron because uh, LeBron's still playing. So I think it's different. There's more of a mystique with the guys like who used to play with them. Yeah. And um, you know, people hated practicing with Jordan because pra- he, he practiced harder than he played in games. Like it was more, it was more intense. Uh, the uh, I I watched uh, watched this kind of series of videos about the greatest game ever played, which was a scrimmage, the yeah. Dream Team, the 1992 Dream Team scrimmage, um, and it's just like these guys were just beating the shit out of each other in a in a practice game, like just oh man, you know. And then you know Christian Leitner's there. He's like the old, he's the lone kid from college. You know he's just sitting there scared. He's just probably scared out of his mind, like you know. Guys like Bird and Malone and Barkley and 
Jordan just beating the crap out of each other. That oh god, that's terrifying. Um, but um, yeah, I I think that's I I think that's uh, just to go back to your point. Sorry, I know we kind of got lost here, but to go back to your point about the great the great equalizer cigars, you know, like these these top athletes played at the top of their game, two different sports arguing over this main point. Like that's, I bet that was so much fun for you. Like you said, you don't, you don't come from that. I bet like that, I bet that was just so much fun to be in the middle of that. It was, it was literally like seven of us out there. And and that was the conversation. Only thing sucked is that, you know, we thought it was two o'clock and then we looked at our phones and it was actually after three (laughs) (laughs) o'clock. Right. (laughs) And uh, I'm like, I got to get up to church in the morning. I was like, I got to catch in the morning. And we'll, we'll resume this in a week. You nice. know? Uh, but yeah, man, it's just, it's bare literally, I literally promise you, man, I get the most joy smoking a cigar and just meeting individuals and we and we have a conversation. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I when I go into the lounge, I have my Yeti and you see my cowboy star on it, and it's, and it's, and I keep my ice and full of water. I try to keep, drink that like five of those a day, and the conversations that start up from that, it could be somebody that's an Eagle fan, you know what I mean? Or somebody fan is like, oh, really? You got this cup? And then all of a sudden, we have a whole conversation goes on for two hours, mm-hmm. and then and then leave out of there, smoking our cigars, found a new friend, but we disagree. On uh, on when it's for football season when we play each other, and then we have some type of friendly wager, you know, right. box of cigars on on who has a better record out of out of out of each of our teams or something. It's just something that comes out of that, right? And, and, it, and, it's, and it's and it's a blessing, but it's, it's it's all because of the cigars. It is, and you know, I. And I, this this is the time of the night I wanted I wanted to again thank you publicly too. I know I messaged you after you did it, but um, my, uh, you and my brother share a birthday as well as a favorite football team. He's a Cowboys fan. I'm the Packers fan, as we all know, but he's a yeah. Cowboys fan. And you you guys share a birthday, and I remember talking to you about it. And you you sent him some cigars, and he was he was so he was so blown away. Um, he's like, hey man, I he's like, hey, did you send me some cigars? I was like, no. And I knew who it was. I knew it was, it was from you. I was like, no. And he's like, um, how did I get these? And I said, I said, I said, my friend Howard sent those to you. Those are his cigars. And he's like, I see that. What, 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 but why? And I was like, you guys share a birthday and you guys are both Cowboys fans. And I told him that. And he, he said he wanted to send you some cigars. He's like, how did he get my address? I was like, well, Dude, don't be stupid. Like I gave him to I gave him your address. <laughs> I wrote a note to him too. Yeah, he did. He's like, he's like, I couldn't believe he's like I he, he was just so in awe. Uh he's he's not really involved in it's in, like he smokes cigars with me, but that's about the extent of it. He loves cigars. Uh and we always smoke when we're together and stuff, but he doesn't he doesn't know anything about this world or anything really. Uh and so he's just like, so he just so he just did that because I was like. Yeah, he just did that because, and he was like, he was just. I mean, it was just. It was a great moment. It was just so an awesome. Thank you so much for doing that. That was such a gesture. Thank you. He's a fellow Sagittarius. He's a cowboy fan. He's your brother. I mean, <laughs> so yes, considering it was 
It was my honor to do that, man. Awesome. So, um, last thing I wanted to jump to, you just have a few more questions tonight. Uh, however, before we call, we call before we call it a night, and we have a few of our sponsored segments. But before that, I did another congratulations to you. By the way, a little belated, but still, uh, still pretty new. Uh, you, we were talking about kids a few minutes ago, but you, uh, you are recently married to the, uh, your wonderful wife, Rachel. You know, you guys were engaged last time we talked, and then you guys got married after PCA. So congratulations on the recent nuptials. Yeah, no so, Thank you so much. Wonderful, wonderful. How, um, how's, how's, uh, how's being a newlywed again? If you want me to literally be honest with you, honestly, the only thing that's changed from how our relationship is, is she makes sure that I don't leave the house without my ring on. <laughs> and, <laughs> you know, and I said, well, I'm making sure you don't leave the house with your ring on. She said, well, I had a long process of being a, being your fiance, so I've always made sure I have my ring when I leave. Nice. But I mean, other than that, man, we just, we just enjoy each other. Um, she's amazing. She's, uh, I believe she's God's gift to me. Um, we are totally opposite. So like when we, we look at something together, she's going to look at it from her angle. I'm going to look at it from my angle. And then she's able to, we're able to like mesh it together. She's the backbone of Howard G Cigars, extremely successful real estate, um, uh, a broker, um, and agent here in Orlando as well. But she just, I've never met a woman like her, um, and uh, what's, what's funny is, you know, when I first met her, it took about four years for me to get a chance to date her because I needed to slow down in life. And so um, once I once we got together from a first date, we were pretty much inseparable from that first date. And I told her, I said, just so you know, just letting you know here, I'm just because I like to just be transparent. I'm like, let you know I'm going to marry you. And she was like, okay. And I'm like, <laughs> So, That's bold, man. That's bold. Exactly a year from the very first date, uh, we had anniversary dinner, uh, one year anniversary dinner at Eddie V's, and uh, and so I made sure she walked on the left side of me because I was about forty pounds lighter. So with my suit, I had that box in the in my right pocket, and it was bulging with the. With the <laughs> so I had to kind of like. You know, play it off and stuff. Yeah, you got you got to get your hand in the pocket and cover yeah, it. Like you know, I'm doing all this stuff, make sure she's ahead of me and stuff like that. And uh, once um, I was able to slide that ring to her, and she looked, and it was just it was just awesome. And from that point on, like she's just like been the happiest woman in the world. She's like, oh my husband, my husband. And so we we I'm so blessed to have her. And you know, it is not nothing I don't run past her in our in our business. Um, Ike, Ike, and Leah both—they call her their, their their little sis, and um, and so we we actually look forward to PCA because that's when we do our dinners together. You know, after that we get together, all four of us, and, uh, and, and we have dinners and we just sit back and and relax and you know just 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 love on each other and tell everybody how we how we appreciate them and likewise and. You know what's you know we find out what's some goals or what's some other things we want to do. We just spend that time, and Rachel's the one that she's the facilitator. I, I will call her the point guard on the team. 
Nice. She's the, she's the point guard. I might get more credit because they, you know I'm in front of the cameras and things like that. But let's just let 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 this be known that you know I don't bring the ball up on the court. So if she, you know, I have to have somebody that passed me the ball, and she's the one that facilitates that for us. And we 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 couldn't we couldn't be more happier than to have the uh, her uh, uh, as the boss lady that's facilitating for the company um, and making sure she she sends most of the emails. She she does, you know, she puts mo- most of everything. She's like queen of logistics, man. Yeah, she's been great. She's been great. She just had a birthday on the tenth. And, oh, awesome. Uh, yeah, she just had a birthday on the tenth, and and so we we, we ha- I had a chance to like really, really like spoil her, spoil her, and tell her, listen, man, this is all this is all for you, all about you, you know, and I want you to enjoy it. And so, and she she still she still got I think she told me she got a couple of days left to finish off everything else from her from her birthday, and uh, so we're just we're just honestly. I I feel terrible now. I called her to confirm the show on her birthday just a couple days ago. I was like, I just want to make sure we're all good. I had no idea it was her birthday. I feel terrible. I was like, okay, well, I'll I'll talk to you later. She's like, all right. I'm like, I could have said that. I I didn't know. I'm sorry. That's terrible. No, bro. No problem, man. She's totally, totally like, she's a Pisces. Like, she's the easiest person to get along in the world. So I'm just blessed to, to have her. So here's the question I love to ask. I've been to a ton of weddings. Uh, I've been to a, a lot. Um, and I've also been the, in the bridal party of a ton of weddings too and everything. One of my favorite things to do is always look at the groom when the bride you know, comes down the aisle and everything. That's one of my favorite things. Um, so did, did you guys, did you guys do a first look or did was when she came down the aisle, was that the first time you saw her in the dress? When she came down the aisle was the first time. I'll send you the video. I'd love, I'd love to see it. What was like? I remember. So I remember when Chris, my wife, came down. Like when they opened up the doors, we got married in a church. I know you got married in that beautiful outdoor ceremony. Those pictures were awesome. So when they opened up the doors and I saw my wife for the first time, man, I, I literally felt thirty pounds lighter because of the breath that like I let out. I was just. I literally took my. I mean, they 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 say it's just an expression. It wasn't. I, I. She literally took my breath away. It was a just unbelievable, uh, unbelievable moment. I'll never forget it for the rest of my life. It was. Man, I'm naturally. I'm a naturally. I. I sweat. Right. I don't know why. I, I just sweat a lot. That 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 day, I the the sweat literally. What it looked like somehow there was only one person that was getting rained on outside. It was me, and it, I was, <laughs> sweat was just coming. I was kind of. And I'm sitting there going like this, going like this, and and I'm looking in, in my eyes, and, and and I'm gonna send you the video, brother, because I want you to to see. It was pretty cool, awesome. um, the way the way it was set up. She she wanted she wanted uh, she she only had one request, and her request was she says, "How we we'll have four or five hundred people at our wedding if it's up to you because of how you are." She says, "I want something that's." intimate like 50 people. So I said, well, this is what we're gonna do. I'll let you make the list. So then all the other people that say, man, I wish why wouldn't I invite I could I wish I could have been there. I knew I should have been invited. I'd say, listen, man, you didn't know my wife, bro. You didn't know her at the time. So 
I had her put the list together. It's her day, how she wants it. Only thing I wanted, since it was outdoor and on the water, is to pull up on the boat. And I wanted to have my guys with me on the boat. And so um, on the boat, it was it was myself. Um, I had a Black Moses Limited. Um, there was Ike Taylor with his uh, one of, I mean, with his one of a kind Sumatra. Leon Searcy with his big search. And then my two, two of my brothers, uh, Derek and Lamar, that live here in in, uh, in the Orlando Kissimmee area, that mm -hmm. were on the boat with me. So, and That's they cool. had a boat. So, we were all just hanging out on the boat uh, out in the on the lake. And uh, but only I only had one rule that she gave me. She wanted me not to light the cigar because she didn't want to have her first kiss. Uh, have cigar to be breath. a cigar, cigar kiss. Yeah, I got so, you. I said. <laughs> I, I could respect that. And um, so I just pretty much just had the stick in my hand. Uh, we took pictures like that all while we was waiting. And then the guy said, okay, Howard, it's time. So I had to get up from the boat and stand next to the guy that was driving the boat, stand up. And then the rest of the, the guys would just sit back. And then it sped up like that <laughs> onto to where, where I get off at, not where the people were catching it all on, on camera. And my favorite, my favorite artist of all time is um, is Ronald Eisen. I'm, I'm I'm pretty much an old soul. I really like soothing, relaxed music. And my favorite song, literally by Ronald Eisen, is "Nothing But Smooth Sailing." And so when I pulled up, I was I had the cigar in my mouth. It wasn't lit, and it pulls up. And then when it gets to um, to where the where the sand is, they come, they bring the stairs. I get off the stairs, and then the guys get off behind me. I walk around, and uh, and then I walk up to to, the, to where the podium is. That way around through through the the, the center aisle, and um, and they have that plan. But the one thing I always think out of my memory is all my guys that that had cigars there. They all formed their own little smoking section during my wedding in the back. And when my manufacturers and other my buddies, they all reached in their pocket, took out cigars and lit the cigars and were literally smoking a cigar during my ceremony. So it was, it was, it was something like, people were like, Howie, this was the coolest thing ever. I've never thought I could smoke it. But it was fun. It was it was, it was was so memorable. It's, it was literally, uh, I would say, the greatest day of my life. My mother was there. My father had passed away 2019, so he couldn't be there. But my mama was there and she was you know, sitting there like this when we pulled up on the boat. But when Rachel came down that aisle, it, it was literally, it was a thing of beauty. And I, I literally could not stop the sweat from flying. And uh, and I was, I literally was speechless, bro. And so that, that day was really, really um, the one of the, the best days of my life. And um, honestly, since then, we we've honestly just been just just rolling ever since. We're like, oh, we're at four months now, baby. We got another, you know, four months of a lifetime. Let's keep it going. Sounds you know? good. So awesome. That's beautiful. Well, congratulations again. All right, that's awesome to you, Rachel. That that actually brings us into our next segment, which is our next uh, brought to you by Asylum Cigars. Refuge is more than just a physical place. It can be a state of mind. Some of life's greatest reflections can be found in your own personal asylum. 
Moments like these were made for asylum cigars. Light up in asylum and choose your refuge. Now, Howard, this is a little bit of history here. Uh, uh, You were the first participant in this segment last year before it was actually tied to asylum cigars. Um, So we're bringing it back. We actually have great partnership with asylum and have this one. And so if you remember the, the question was around smoking a cigar in refuge, basically by yourself, what was that moment about and everything? So I wanted to change it up a little bit because of your recent nuptials and stuff. So I wanted to tie it to the first cigar that you had by yourself after you had gotten married. So I don't know if this was later that evening, the next day, the next week, I don't know. But do you remember uh-huh. what your first cigar as a married man was and what were you smoking? So what, what, just a great question, by the way. Um, you know, I, I smoke a lot of cigars. I smoke about four or five cigars a day. Um, but we, I'm, so my, my thing is, we had a smaller wedding, um, but I purposely, we created uh, 200 cigars for the wedding. So it was a different blend. Um, I made it a Connecticut blend. It was a 56 by 56 by six torpedo. Um, and then we had some special bands made on it and it was called the perfect match. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> you know, I think it was Rachel and Howard. They had the dates and everything like that. Matter of fact, I'll make sure we see you one too, bro. But um, so, we <laughs> Thank did, you. so what we did when we did that, and uh, that was the first thing that, that I smoked. And um, I smoked that cigar. Um, it was, uh, how ironic is, the you know, the people that were at the wedding that smoked the cigar too was like, Hey, is this something you're gonna bring on the line? We really, really, really like it. I'm like, <laughs> oh, that was a limited edition that we did specifically for the wedding. But my, my also my my plan was for the rest of them that we have um, that we have resting is every every anniversary that we have, we're gonna take one of those cigars, me and her, and then cut it in lighter and smoke it. Oh, together. that's awesome. That's that's, that, that's the reason why I made it a Connecticut blend, because Rachel will smoke a cigar every now and then, stuff like that. But she really likes a Connecticut. She's got a profile. She really likes a Corojo wrapper now too. But she really likes a nice flavorful cigar, but not too strong, and so and not too long or big. You know, she'll never smoke a big surf ever in her life. But um, but I give example like. That was my, that was our plan. So that was the first cigar that I smoked as a married man. And then, awesome. you know, I'm always going to tell you the truth. I, and I followed that up, but with the Padron 80 year. I, I figured the Padron would, would have been somewhere in okay. there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Cool. There's at least about 60 Padron, 60 Padron 80 years in my, in, in my one humidor. I have four, but one right there. There's about at least 60 of them in there. In the, in nice. The, uh, and uh, but that's 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 what I, I smoked that and then I smoked that next and then I went back to my other stuff. That's beautiful. That's awesome. What a great story. Terrific. That was our uh, asylum moment. Refuge is more than just a physical place. It can be a state of mind. Some of life's greatest reflections can be found in our own personal asylum. Moments like these were made for asylum cigars. Light up an asylum and choose your refuge. So uh, la- 
two more segments, uh, Howard. Again, thank you so much for joining me tonight. This is our one of our. I call it. It's more like I, I guess characterizes a lightning round, but I call it this or that. So it's mm-hmm. pretty simple. I give you a choice of two things. Some are cigar related. Some are not cigar related. And you just pick one. That's it. That's all it is. So this or that. So we're going to start with pizza. Stuffed crust or regular crust on your pizza? Stuffed crust. Awesome. So are, um, are, sorry, are you a Pizza Hut guy? That was Pizza Hut made it kind of infamous. Or That's my favorite, Pizza Hut. Okay, Pizza Hut stuffed crust. Yeah. I remember the first time. So I... I know this is supposed to be a lighting round, but I love stuff crust. I love telling this story. My, I like, we didn't grow up with a lot of money. So the first time I ever ordered a pizza was on my 10th birthday. And I called pizza hut and I ordered a stuff crust pizza. And it was like, you know, at the time, I don't know. It was like 10 bucks, which is just a lot of money. <laughs> and I was like, are you sure? And I, I looked at my mom and I was like, he said it's going to be like ten dollars, and she's like, "Yes, it's fine. It's for my birthday." It was like, I and I just, I absolutely loved it, and it was great. It was, it was everything I wanted it to be, um, and that is a shout out to great marketing because I remember the Dennis Rodman, David Robinson commercials about crust. Yeah. <laughs> That's the reason I wanted it. So shout out to the Worm and the Admiral for 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 making me want that pizza, and it was that f- fucking money. It worked. Great marketing. <laughs> great stuff. So. Okay, uh, this one, next one, cigar related. Uh, type of cut on your cigar, guillotine, huh? Guillotine or V cut? Depends on what I'm smoking. Okay, if I'm smoking the black. If I'm if I'm smoking the black Moses Maduro or natural, I typically if if, if a V cut is available, I'll go with a V cut. Um, okay. Is that I'm how you smoke, smoke the 80th? Your padrones. If I if I have a V cut, if I have a V cut with me, now my everyday, you know, I, I keep the you know a regular cutter with me. I don't, I, you know, the V cuts be like bigger and thicker and stuff like that. Yeah, I don't like pockets bulging. Uh, but if it's somewhere I'm going, I'm purchasing a cigar, and they have, they say, would you like me to cut it for you? If it's if it's something that's in that shape, I I I'll tend to go to a V cut. My preferred would be a regular, um, regular cut. Got it. So I know, uh, guillotine, man. I guillotine everything. I straight cut everything. Even even your Black Moses, too. Like, I cut like torpedoes and figurados. I cut at a slight angle. Yeah. 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 To create more surface area. So, um, um, all right. So you and I are people, uh, people, people. We like speaking to people. We talk, we, uh, I've heard you referred to as the mayor of Sand Lake. So you like being around people, but, would you prefer to speak to a large group of people or a small group of people? I prefer to speak to a small group of people because it's more intimate. When you speak, when you speak into a large group of people, it, it's hard to give everyone. It's hard to make everyone engage at the same rate. If that makes sense. So mm-hmm. um, if I have my choice, when I say a small group of people, I'm not saying, you know, four or five people, you know, 10, 10 people or something like that. I can engage with all 10 in one setting in a better scenario than if I'm talking to a group of 200, if that makes right. sense. No, absolutely. You know, and I like, I like to, 
I like to engage. Like I, if I'm if I'm having a conversation, I like to look at everybody in the eye when I'm talking. So it's not like I'm talking about I'm looking at this person. You know, if if it's two hundred people and I'm talking to them, it's hard to look at all two hundred. But if I got ten people, I can I can definitely in a conversation I can definitely engage with every single one where every single one feel like they're just as much a part of the conversation as the next individual. Um, so I would say a small group. Nice. Yeah. I, I like, I like speaking to people in general. Uh, I, I would say that I probably agree with that. I like the challenge of speaking to a larger group. Yeah. It feels more like a speech, but um, typically, but I, I enjoy that challenge. I enjoy that part of it, but I also like small groups too. Um, I like one-on-one conversation too. I just, I just like, like you, I like people. I think that's yeah. probably, that's probably why we like each other so much. Um, <laughs> um, all right. So uh, taking it back to the old school, to your school days, uh, class clown or honor roll? Both. Okay. If, uh, if uh, push came to shove, what would you more lean to? Did you lean more into the books or were you more the class clown? More of a class clown. I, I, I put it like this. My, my, my father, his main issue with me was that I did not put forth as much effort that I should. And I'll give you an example. So I come home, I have two Bs, three, I mean, two A's, three B's, maybe a C or something like that. Or I have, you know, three A's and, and, and four B's or something like that. I would show my mother and she was like, oh, great job, babe. And she said, oh, 3.2 or 3.1 or whatever. She said, good job. I showed my father, he looks at it and he would say, Juliet made straight A's. And Juliet's my sister, she's an anesthesiologist in Atlanta, she's doing really well. But he would say that, and it would just piss me off, man. It would just piss me off. And then one time, you know, a few days later, I kind of got the balls up and I said, man, why every time, I mean, I got a 3.0 above a 3.0 average. Like, why every time I show you my, my, my report card, mom's always saying, great job, but you're always referring to me to, to Juliet and saying Juliet made straight days and this, this, this. And I didn't get it to, you know, my older years. But he said to me, he says, when you make a 3.0, but you have the ability to have a 4.0, you know, I call that slacking. Now, if you were making a 2.5 and that was the best of your ability, I call that great. Mm-hmm. So what he was saying to me was, "How would you get your work done?" And then you're cracking jokes and you're having fun. And you have fun. Now, granted, the teachers were really cool. I mean, I, I, I'm the guy that bought my teachers flowers to school. My women, my lady teachers, um, now, you know all that. So, you know, if there was ever, uh, uh, I'm on the corner or the cusp between a C and a B or a B and an A, I had enough relationships with them. They would give me nice. You know what there I'm saying? Go. There you go. Yeah. And so I, I kind of, I, I wrote off of more of my relationships and my, my ability to, to create a friendship or some type of positive 
assessment with 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 my superiors as my in school were in uh and that benefited me where some people they probably wouldn't give them that nod uh but when when i look at what my dad was saying my sister would go home and she would study constantly now she was older than me she was like you know eight years my senior but there she was she was constantly in the book studying and things like that yeah. but for me I didn't want to be a doctor. You know, I have a sister that's a judge of St. Thomas and St. John. I didn't want to be that. I knew what I wanted from an early age in life that I felt like my gift was to be in sales. Mm-hmm. And so um, I messed around and read a book that told me, you know, that, you know, the A and B, the A plus and B plus students typically work for the C, the C students. And, and, and that really is. And I'm like, well, I'm a little bit above a C student, but like those, you know, guys, they typically work for the entrepreneur. And so right. that was something that I really, I, I, I kind of stuck with. Uh, but when I look back at it now. And you got I, that, you got that from your dad because your dad was the entrepreneur too. Yeah, and I got that from him, but he was just saying that if I applied myself even more, I could have, hit a 4.0 right okay i got it that's true but i probably wouldn't have been able to play football i probably wouldn't have been able to did this that and that and so i i wanted to get my work done and then have fun and a lot of stuff for me in school was common sense you know like you know you give a person multiple choice one one answer is completely nowhere near the vicinity of being correct right and you have another one that's going to be like ah, i don't think that was correct so then it's the really much the next two that you got to really focus on, in my opinion. Yeah, you know, that's, that's fair. That's different compared to now you got to fill in the blank. So that those things where you have to fill in the blank, now you need to have to study because you got to know the correct answer, the right in there, compared mm-hmm. to having that multiple choice. And you can start to, you know, um, break the numbers down and, and say, okay, this is not right. This is not right. It'll be these two, one of them. And so that was, that was something that if I had to look back over it, if I would have, I would have probably spent a little bit more time studying in, in that facet. That's yeah. what my father was pretty much saying is what he's saying. Yeah, no, I, I, I completely can, uh, uh, can relate to that. So I had Ken Hamlin uh, on last week. Okay. Uh, you're right. So Ken, Ken was talking about his dad. His, his dad was very strict on him growing up. I think it was more disciplinary. We didn't really talk about academics, but my father was my father was a disciplinarian, um, and he also kind of held me to that standard. So he wasn't as as tough on me as your dad was, Howard, but he was still pretty tough because like every time I would hand him my report card, which was you know, I did a little bit better than you. I had a lot more A's than B's, but I still had a mix. My sister was also a straight A student. So yeah. I get that too. The older sister was, was the, the perfect one. My, my brother, which, you know, we were talking about earlier, he, he was the worker. He worked his butt off and he got all B's, but he worked really hard. Mm-hmm. And so my dad would always say, is it my, my mom would do the same thing as your mom. Oh, great job. These are great grades. Good job. I'm very proud of you. That kind of thing. Yeah. And my dad, my dad always made a point to say that he was proud of me. But my dad, when every time when grades came up, he'd always look and the question was always the same. It was like, 
Is this the best you can do? Yeah. It was the best you can do. And it was like, God, man, it just like cut to the core. And he never asked my brother that. And he sure as hell never asked my sister that. Um, And it's because again, like you said, years later, I realized it's like, yeah, he just knew I was capable of more. And, Mm -hmm. and I did the same thing. I wasn't, I wasn't, you know, the class clown or anything, but I did, you know, I always say this too, like school came easy for me and I, I, and it just did. I, I, I worked hard, but I didn't work super hard. And, And, you know, it was just one of those things. So tying into that, the next this or that is, would you rather be called? And I think both, cause I think both of these apply given your track record and what we just talked about. Would you rather be called clever or driven? I'll say more than anything, I'm driven. I have a self-drive, man. Mm-hmm. I have a will to succeed. A lot of times when you deal with clever, a lot of a lot of ideas might not just be for me. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I can take an idea from someone else that we can just be having a conversation and just talking about it. It's not my idea. But I can take that idea and run with it and put it in fruition. See the thing, see the thing of it is, is a lot of people don't get started. When you sit around people and you let people talk a lot. People have amazing ideas, a lot of clever ideas. But if they don't take the initiative to start, all it is is a clever idea. Now, if I take the idea and run with it, I'm driven. I'm not the clever one. Mm -hmm. Because it wasn't never my idea. But I ran with it. He didn't run with it. So if I had to pick, I would always say driven. I think that I, I thought about these two and I was like, man, this, I think these, these are two things that I would probably describe you as. And I, I had a feeling you were going to say driven because it, I mean, it's proven. It's just absolutely proven. All right. Last question. Cigar related. Would you prefer, do you prefer a shorter or longer cigar? Smoke, smoke time, smoke relating to smoke time, shorter uh, smoke time or longer smoke time. Now, now, now there, you know what type of cigars I make. So when you say shorter compared to longer, are you are you including the big search in the conversation? Or are you excluding the big search from the conversation? Let's exclude the big search because I think it's the anomaly. Okay, so I, let's say I will I would smoke more of a Toro. I will my ideal smoke would probably be a six and a half inch. Okay, is it, what does that last you? Does that last you about an hour? Um. Yeah, I, I I tend to, especially if I'm having a a, a cocktail or something, I'm te- I tend to smoke a little bit faster with it. Um, so an hour would would would, would is what that would usually run me, and then I would light up something else. Uh, but if I'm in the middle of a deep conversation where I'm doing most of the talking, then I'm not really going to be smoking as much compared to if I'm doing majority of the listening, you know. So I would say that that particular cigar probably lasts me 45 minutes to an hour tops, and then I will light up something else. Nice. 
Perfect. What about you? I'm a shorter smoke time, man. I love I love my robustas and my coronas. So um like uh, five, five by yeah 50. five by 50 man it's like my it's like my jam i really like the um what you did with the little surs that 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 kind of robusto grande yeah. five by 52 five by 54 five and a half by 52 like that's that's become a little bit of my favorite recent like recently um henderson ventura down at um tobacco era ventura he does adventura does a bunch of booth stuff and Caldwell and Tony Bellotto with La Barba. He makes he makes a lot of Robusto Grandes or Gor- Robusto Gordos or whatever you want to call them um, over across a lot of the brands that he makes for people and, and as, as well as his stuff. And he, man, he fucking nails that size, man. And it's great. Like a bunch of different blends in that size just rock. I love them. So it's good stuff. Yeah. Um, Robusto um, Habano. Or have you not tried that yet? Uh, I haven't had it in the Robusto. That I, that's why I forgot about it earlier when we were talking about it. And I was remiss about that. I apologize. But um, oh, no, no, you're good. I just want to uh, know. Make sure we see some of that too. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, I was not me digging. So if Rachel's watching, I promise I'm not just I'm not just asking. Oh, no, no, no. Good. <laughs> you there, you know, you're my guy. Yeah. I, I enjoy talking with you. Thanks. Uh, so this leads us into our last question of the night, Howard. I can't thank you enough for spending your Sunday evening with me. Um, this is, uh, it's been such a great conversation as, as it was last year as well. And I just, I look forward to more and more time, uh, spending time with you, getting to know you and, and thank you for the opportunity. Um, I can't thank you enough. I know, I know you're an incredibly busy man, uh, building your brand, um, and, you know, doing all the hard work that you do and, and, um, to take time away from Rachel, like you said, you don't get much of because of how busy you guys are, but I know you guys are partners. And so you guys spend a lot of time together, but still taking time away from your, your, your new bride. Just, I, it means a lot to me. So thank you. So this is our last question tonight, which of course is always the Dunbar tobacco and dress curveball segment, fastballs or curveballs. It doesn't matter since the company's inception, Steve sock has been knocking them out of the park. Eight consecutive years in the consensus top three. Congratulations to our good friend, Mr. Steve Saka. So we've been talking about a lot about your partners tonight. We talked about Ike Taylor and we talked about Leon Searcy and uh, they were renowned at their positions for a number of reasons. And uh, they were all pros as we've talked about. So I know that you played football as well. So I'm talking about in your peak physical time when you were playing your, when you were playing at your very best, would you rather get, Pancaked by Leon Sershi or knocked <laughs> or tackled by Ike Taylor? Well, because I played linebacker, it would probably have to get pancaked by, by Leon Sershi. You know, that, 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 that brings more, you would rather have that happen or that, that instills more fear in you? That, that would be, that would probably be more of a, a, a reality because being a linebacker, I would never get tackled by Ike because he would probably get all his knee. Um, but probably I would probably be trying to blitz or something because I played Mike Backer. Um, mm-hmm. So I'll be trying, probably trying to hit a hit a hit a gap, and, and Leon is known for that punch, and so he probably probably would have flopped me on my neck. Not probably, probably a ninety nine point nine percent chance he would have. <laughs> you know. I, after meeting Leon, I probably would have answered that too. But I, I, then again, man, I saw so many hits that I could put on players over the years. And I just, well, geez. 
I ended some, it was funny, I was watching ESPN a couple of weeks ago, and um, it's a former player. Oh, I'll tell you exactly what it is. So you remember when Tua, Tua got, uh, this like, remember, we're just talking, ladies and gentlemen, so don't look at me as a bad guy. But this is a true story. So Tua got hit with a concussion, and he was looking like his hands got stuck like he was throwing up game sign, right? Yeah, like it completely yeah, it just rocked like, him. It rocked him, yeah, it was nuts. Yeah. So I'm watching one of the ESPN shows, and it's Bart Scott, former linebacker. playing right. for the- So he was talking, and he goes, man, man Tua needs to retire. Because if Tua keep playing like he's playing, he's going to end up like uh, Pat White. So I'm like, Pat White, Pat why does that name sound? So I Google, right, Pat White, and it comes up on Google. Top of the thing, Pat White's hit by Steelers Ike Taylor. Yeah. I click on it, and I'm like, that's what, that's what Bart Scott was talking about. That yeah, play where the Ike gave him, and then he had, he, let, he went on the stretcher, and his, he was uh, his He leveled him. God, he leveled him. Yeah, no, it, he put on some devastating hits, man. It, yeah. it, it. I just, I remember he, he put, he put a pop on Donald Driver once. That I just, I was like, God. I mean, he was terrifying. The, the, the greatest hit I ever saw live, like I was actually at the stadium, was it was I was in college and he was a college player. He went on to play for the Bengals, but he played for my alma mater. His name was Marvin White. He played strong safety for us. And we were playing Texas Tech. It was a really heated contest. Uh, there was, you know, a lot of lot of trash talking in the in the weeks before leading up to the game and everything like that. And at the time, it was uh, um, uh, Graham Harrell was the quarterback for Texas Tech, and he had like this triumphant receivers. Uh, Danny Amendola actually played for him. Like, yeah, mm-hmm. but like like a bunch of other. And there was this one guy's. The, the best receiver, I believe, if I remember the name correctly, it was Robert Johnson. I don't think he ever went to play pro or didn't do much in the pros or anything like that. Um, but he was the best, right? He was the, he was the, it was, this was before uh, uh, Crabtree. This was like yeah. the gener- the generation before Crabtree. And, uh, um, and I remember it was a pass over the middle. Johnson caught it and leveled by Marvin White. And Howard, I'm talking about a stadium packed full of both Red Raider fans and Horn Frog fans. I mean, the entire stadium is just loud as all get out. And like they see the pass go up and you just hear this scream and then you hear the pop over all that screaming. And then this, this, it was like someone sucked the air out of the stadium and it was like dead silent. And it was the craziest thing I've ever experienced watching live sports and it was just unbelievable. And yeah, I mean, and I could put hits like that on, on receivers like every freaking week. So it, yeah, he, I, I don't know. I was still, I was, I was thinking about this question. I'm not sure. Cause they both kind of terrify me, but, <laughs> but, um, but then again, uh, I'm not sure. I still don't know who I would pick. But better think about it like this, man. A pancake coming from Leon is really, his hands reaching out, right? Yeah. He with a punch. Ike's coming downhill. And he's coming with that helmet like this. Yeah. Like that. So 
would I rather take a helmet from Ike coming to tackle me and hit me helmet to helmet? Or rather, what I would want, rather run it because as a linebacker, we're, we're, we're getting some type of physical touch every, every play unless unless I'm taking two steps up and then I'm running back in the flat, right? Right. But I'm looking at it like I'm going after the running back. So I got A, B, C gap. So I'm going to go through a gap. Try, and my eyes is on the back. He's let's say he's taking, he's he's running to the right, and I'm and I'm going to the left, and my eyes is on the back trying to get there. But somebody like Leon Cersei gets off of his, off of the block of the defender, and then he's at the second level. He hits me with the yeah. He's not gonna he's not gonna drop his helmet. And hit That's me. true. That's true. He's gonna hit me with his head. Now his hands are so powerful that. Depending on how he hit me, I can either fly back like this, like he's, <laughs> he's that strong. But if I'm getting hit by Ike, that means I got to be the guy with the ball. So if now I'm running the ball and I'm trying to make a play, I got to watch out for wherever I'm at on the field. Because if I'm going out of bounds, he's going to hit me out of bounds if I'm not already out of bounds. Right. So, so you got to look at the errors from when they played. That hit he, I put on Pat White, if that happened in today's game, that's all kind of penalties, fines, and everything that way. Yeah. Back then, it was totally legal. Yeah, totally normal. So when you think about, and, and, and I tell you this, I love talking to you because I love to tell you inside stuff, but a few weeks ago, um, I called you to tell you, come to Corona. I said, okay. He says, man, um, Peasy, his teammate, which is Joey Porter, linebacker, still a great, yeah. uh, is going to be coming through. I said, oh, yeah, I'm definitely coming. So so we go there. I find out that he's um, defensive coordinator. Hines Ward is coaching the, the XFL team, a team from San Antonio. Man, that night, I don't think I got home until 4 o'clock in the morning. We had the greatest time <laughs> in the world because I can sit next to Joy Porter, and now Joy Porter's talking. And so I know Ike's favorite two, I know I know this, Ike's favorite two guys that took him under his wing when he was young from the Steelers was Joy Porter and, of course, Troy Palomaro was his best friend. So, so you got to understand, like, when you're playing in that particular defense, with that kind of brotherhood that the Steelers have, like they're like literally like we are blood brothers type scenario. We will lay our life on the line, down on the line for you. And so I look back at it and I see how Ike would Ike would rather put a, a major hit on you than to pick the than to, than to grab the interception. Yeah, that makes sense. Back in that mm-hmm. in, in those days, because. He's putting the hammer down on you and, 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 and making a huge pop, making the ball separate from you, fumble or whatever, and just hitting you hard. The whole defense is fired up by that. And so I, I fast forward that to the playoffs with my Cowboys. What, what, what I believe is the reason we completely lost the game against the 49ers who had a backup, who had a a rookie quarterback who did a phenomenal job against yeah. the Cowboys. I would never take anything from him. But there was a certain play where I believe it was fourth down 
and they was going for it. And Purdy threw the ball across the middle to which who I think is the second greatest tight end in the league behind Travis Kelsey, which is uh, Kittles. But Kittles was bobbling the ball. Now, Trayvon Diggs, who you know last year had 11 interceptions. So he, he he's leading the league with interceptions last year, took a few of them back to the house and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. He, if he was Ike Taylor, that ball would have never got completed by Kittles, that bobbling ball. Right. Because he would have knocked him out. Because Ike would have hit, hit him and he would have never touched the ball. Savon Diggs just closed his eyes and just tried to throw himself in front of in front of Kittles. He 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 mistimed it, doesn't even touch Kittles. Kittles bobbles the ball, catches the ball, and now the first now the 49ers got a first down inside our 15-yard line. They go on score a touchdown. Right. So when you look at it like, okay, I got a cornerback, he's good at getting interceptions. Like, he wants to look for the pick. But if I got a cornerback that's going to come down and hit you and, 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 and separate you from the ball, that, that's a whole different ball game. Yeah, those guys were ball hawks, man. That's yeah. crazy. That's just – so like, Yeah, I can't imagine that secondary with both of those guys, Taylor and Palomalu. Oh, my God. That's terrifying. The <laughs> The line, but bear, those linebackers? Woo. And yeah, yeah, they weren't. Yeah, it's not like they were. James Harrison. Like James Harrison, Porter. James Joey Porter. Oh, God. That's gross. <laughs> Get hit by those guys. Oh, man. Yeah. You'll, you'll believe in God pretty quick. <laughs> you better believe it. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, uh, Howard, I can't thank you enough for your time tonight. Again, I really appreciate it. Uh, really, really appreciate all your time. Great smoking a cigar with you. Having a great conversation as always. Great year for you. Uh, great new releases, I know, and they're doing incredibly well. And uh, that's it's just the beginning. You're continuing to build this brand and, and everything. We're really excited about the future of Howard G Cigars and look forward to seeing you again in person at, uh, at PCA. So, um <laughs> along with uh with ike and leon as well and and rachel too so it'll be it'll be a good time again we know we're looking forward to it so but uh for everyone out there thanks to our audience for staying up late with us as always we really do appreciate all those likes shares and comments keep them coming if you always want to check out our calendar of upcoming events on los from our facebook page you can also check out our youtube page by the same name los from our don't forget to hit the subscribe button if you're listening to us wherever you listen to podcasts, whether that be on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, Podbean, or wherever you listen to podcasts, be sure you download, subscribe, and review as well. If you are a subscriber, do me a favor, hit unsubscribe, but don't forget to hit resubscribe because that helps my numbers. It allows me to bring back great guests like Howard Gums Jr. And we thank everyone out there for everything, and we thank Howard as well uh, and his team uh, for allowing tonight to happen. Is uh, happened, and a special thanks again out to Rachel. Um, not only uh, the wonderful new wife of Howard, but also a fan, the queen of logistics. That's the name I'm giving her for putting this all together and allowing her, him to come back. So thank you so much. We really appreciate all the, everything out there. Again, I'm Bear Duplicity live from the Alec Bradley studio of Azel, Texas. He's Howard G of Howard G Cigars. Guess what, everybody? I'll see you next time. <laughs>